Hold on a second. Oh, we have the, man, the, 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 come on. And the, legend. the pirate king He's himself. Here. Mr. Richard Hart, how you doing, sir? You got a haircut. Everything. <laughs> How'd you get a haircut, Richard? Magic. She's <laughs> She's perfectly quaffed. I love it. Damn, it looks good, man. It was funny. I, I fucked up like my razor. You have to like take the uh, the the size meter off of it to yeah. uh, to pop out the little like trimmer deal. Yeah. So I just instinctively took off the shield and then started shaving this. I was like, oh, oh no, shit. Oh, you lost your beard? He's I like, guess yeah, I don't have beard. beard there anymore. So you're like, yeah. And then this is missing. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to uh, take it all off then. <laughs> That's what happened to me. <laughs> so this is all gone. And then, like, because this was big, it looked like I was frowning because there was just hair here. So it looked like extended <laughs> frowny face. So I was like, fuck, I guess I'm going to cut that down too so now i have you look a lot good, man. beard you look actually younger you look like <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah it's yeah like you dropped five look to him. ten years i guess i'm lighter too right that's right <laughs> well, i was thinking as it gets closer to the end of this launch phase it's a new phase of richard too he's going to be the kinder gentler uh softer <laughs> natured kind of guy you know i'd live longer if i did that <laughs> It's hard. You flip back and forth, right? It's like if you if you just do whatever naturally comes up, then if there's good news, you're going to be happy. If there's bad news, you're going to be like angry. If you if you argue with people on Twitter, you're going to be angry. If you just listen to people that like you, you're going to be happy. And so I try like in the Sci Vive book, I make a very big big deal about this that you don't experience reality; you experience the reality you notice, mm-hmm. and the reality you notice is what you focus on. So there's always infinite joy you could focus on. There's always infinite pain. There's always infinite opportunity and regret. And whether you get into the habit of focusing on the good stuff or the bad stuff is whether you're going to be happy or sad, whether you're going to have a good life or a bad one. And the stuff itself doesn't actually matter as much. So you'll see people that have been raped and they do great. You see people that have been raped and they get ruined. You see people who are beaten as kids, they do great. You see people who are beaten as kids, they get ruined. And then what's the difference? Was it the beating? No, beating was real similar. It's the meanings that they attach to that beating, right? So, you know, because I got beaten as a kid, I'll treat my kid great. And then other people are like, because I was beaten as a kid, I obviously have to beat my kid, right? And then the same, so you, you can choose your meanings and you can, you can choose your behaviors or, or at least try and influence them. But the same stuff basically happens to everybody, like good stuff and bad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as happy or sad goes, if I'm focused on me and living my best life, then I'm going to focus on the things that are good. And then you get enhanced productivity out of it. If you don't enforce that habit and you just do whatever shows up and you start arguing with people on the internet who are broke and aren't going to buy anyway, well, what do you think is going to happen? I'll give you an example. Yesterday, some guy, I post, I want everyone to invest in medical research because I want my life and my loved one's lives to be fucking saved. That's the only way it's going to happen. You know, we've had increases in life expectancy, but we've had no increase in life span. So your likelihood to get closer to 119 years old is better and better. But the likelihood that you pass 119 is exactly the same that it's always been. It's called morbidity compression. That's not actually a good way to make progress. So if you want to see real progress, we need to do more engineering and less understanding. If some, it's harder to understand how things work than to just go directly at the problem. So it's easier to like take a drill and drill out people's arteries that are clogged up than it is to understand how that plaque is building up because the systems are so complex. Well, anyway, 
So in my, my tweet, I explain that, hey, look, Trump has COVID now, and he's not actually going to get better medicine than anybody else. He's going to get the same medicine everybody else gets, just for the same reason Bill Gates has the same computer everyone else has. And then some fucking clout-chasing fuckwit hops in the fucking thread, and he's like, you don't know what kind of computer Bill Gates has got? I'm like, well, you know, actually, he talks about his computer in 2013, which isn't that long ago, and I've seen him using a computer that was shit, shit monitor, you know, and I've seen other rich people and basically rich people just don't give a shit about, they're not gearheads about their computing. They're not overclocking their, their GPUs. They're not, you know, building their own mechanical keyboards. They just don't fucking care. It's a tool. They use the tool for the job. Many different tools will suffice. So, you know, I try and explain that because my, my goal is to get people to invest in medical research. I want people to understand that if you want if the president wants better medicine, being rich isn't enough. You, you have to have 20 years of research behind building something better so that it's ready when you need to take it. So I explained that to him. Now, you could say the president did get some fancy pants bullshit that's in trial from Regeneron, uh, a, a type of dual antibody something the fuck or another. But that's in human trials. And those other people in the trial aren't rich people. They're just broke-ass people, right? Probably broker the most, which is why they're in the trial. Um, sure. get paid to do so. Yep. so, you know, I, I'm, I'm using language to get people to understand that if they want to be saved, being rich won't do it. But investing 20 years earlier in smart people and funding smart people, you can still get rich and you can still save lives and the lives you save might be your own. And then fuckwit doesn't understand that. He just wants to clout chase and, and, you know, talk about me and what I know and what I don't know. And who does that really benefit? doesn't benefit anybody. So then I say like, you know, listen, you know, people that not only do rich people in general not care to have the best stuff, but they also, if they do try and like cheat and get stuff before the general public, they bleed on the edge. That's what's called the bleeding edge because it sucks there. Shit is unreliable. If you, if you got a brand new NVIDIA 3080G uh, GPU that just came out, which is nice because it's H HDMI 2.1, it can do 120 hertz uh, 4K over HDMI, which TVs already support but GPUs didn't. So for some weird reason, GPUs lagged behind television technology for about two years or longer, but sucks. So we were, we were, we had extra capacity to do 4k 120 in the televisions for years. And there was no device that you could plug into your damn computer that would output it. You could, you could get studio stuff at like eight X price. But that was about it. Those, those cards just recently came out that you could have HDMI 2one and I said to the guy, listen, you know, people that have those 3080 GPUs, the newest ones you can get, they're getting black screens of death now because the cards just came out and they need to patch around some voltage irregularities they had on using the all-in-one boards from NVIDIA, which there wasn't enough time for the, the I'm not going to explain chipset design to you, but <laughs> like basically if you get the newest thing, the newest thing always has fuck ups. Yep. So if you care about reliability, and you're using, if you're doing mission critical things, you do not want to be on the most cutting edge thing because you're the guy that will be beta testing it and you're the guy that will run into the bugs. No one will be able to help you with your bug because you're the first person that ever ran into it. Whereas if you wait a little bit and you have a bug, you can just Google it and someone fixed it and it's been patched and everything's okay. So you don't, you don't want to be on the bleeding edge. Like for instance, Trump right now, he's taking a bleeding edge medicine that might kill the shit of you. They don't know. That's why it's in human trials. It would be, it would be, I guarantee you, he would prefer that everyone else already got fucked up or not 
and then he could take the thing that had a known risk profile, you know? Um, it's funny, we have in the chat someone here, Mr. Dr. Moore, you know, he kind of does his shit for his day job. So, you know, he, he probably knows what I'm talking about. So my, my mission, my goal was to one, explain that we need better medicine technology because even the president needs it. Two, it's one of the more equitable things where the rich and the poor kind of get the same treatment. Um, so, and then like another physician chimed into the chat and he was like, okay, yeah, but the, the quality of care differs in between beds in the same hospital. And I'm like, yes, but I can't advertise for people to invest in fixing that and benefiting themselves because I can't bring up the level of standards across all physicians applying the tools that they're given, but I can lobby for better tools. And so I said, like, you know, here's a bunch of different industries where you're given tools and how you apply them gets you better results. And he said, well, look, Ethereum's a tool and you made Hex. And I was like, yes. And if Ethereum was better, Hex would be better. And doctors use the tools they're given. And if they're given better tools, they get better outcomes. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for better precursors and priors for everything, you know, like, so when he understood that, I'm like, okay, suggest me better language. It's the same people that complain about me cursing. I'm like, okay, you don't like me saying fag or faggot. Fine. You want me to change my language? Give me insulting words that I can use that you're comfortable with. <laughs> and then, you know, he's Good like, you know, jerkwad. <laughs> and I'll try. Like, I'll try. I'm like, okay, well, I'll see if I could swap out faggot for another insulting term. But I'll be damned if I don't have insulting terms for insulting behavior or insulting people, you know? Um, so I know, I know what my mission is. I know what my goal is. I'm trying to make the world a better place. And I run into these clout chasers who they're playing a different game. I'm trying to improve the world and they're trying to just feel important. Like I'm not bra like I don't fucking know about Bill Gates computer and if I did I don't think that would make my life any better. Like if I was actually like, you know, what, what serial number is that? What model number is that? Oh, I'm better now. He doesn't know. He's not he's not focused on having the best computing experience. He doesn't give a shit. He spends all his time reading books. Does do you think the fucking computer he has affects the books that he reads? It doesn't. It just doesn't affect how he spends his days. And, and if you really think about how you spend your time like being a developer, you type fucking text. Okay. What was that? What else do you do? That's what you do as a developer. You type text. That's it. That's what you're doing. <laughs> so like sometimes you're waiting for something to compile, but for the most part, you're typing text. Does it matter what you type text on? How many screens you have? Well, not really, you know, it's like, so yeah, how deep down this rabbit hole do I want to go? So we were talking about happiness in the beginning. And then we talked about clout chasing versus improving the world. And, and the, the reason I brought that up, and then we talked about efficiency of multi-monitor versus single monitor, cutting edge of technology. So cool, cool tangents. The main point, the original point regarding happiness was, so here I have a person that just wants to make me feel bad as though my points aren't useful. That, you know, I'm just trying, like, I don't really know about Bill Gates' computer. I'm just a shit talker. And he doesn't understand all the value I just gave him about not using the, the bleeding edge thing and the difference and being a gearhead between just treating things as tools, right? Like the best photographers don't really give a fuck about the, the newest best lens, but people that are shit at photography, they care a lot about the newest best lens because that's the only thing they can reason about. They don't know about lighting. Like Hexologist knows about key light and fill light now. He might not have known that a year ago, you know, but, but you know the difference between 1080p and 4k. So if people that suck at photography focus on, focus on tools, people that suck at typing kind of focus on keyboards, people that, uh, you know, suck at getting laid, focus on game. It's just like, it's, it's like, uh, people, people that aren't popular kind of focus on 
clout chasing and trying to put other people. It's, it's just, it's interesting emergent behavior. So with, with that guy, I think to myself like, okay, if I delete my posts, then other people won't learn from them, which is what I'll normally do. So I'll try and educate somebody. And if it turns out they're fuckwit and they're just doing harm, I will delete my responses and then I will hide and block them so that the rest of my feed isn't polluted by their, their cancerous posts. But in this case, my posts were so good that I didn't delete them. I just hid and blocked the guy. Now what hiding and blocking him does is hiding him makes it so the majority of people won't see his cancer. Blocking him makes it so that he can't issue new cancer that then I'll go and have to deal with. So, so most of the time when I'm posting on Twitter, people don't really understand what the fuck I'm doing because there's another, there's a meta lever. I'm playing a different game than people think I'm playing. So give an example today, I posted the, Hey, are you in the military service? And you know, are you physically fit? Why? Is, is it, be, is it just because it was an interesting emergent behavior that I saw a little bit, but really I'm trying to give people another perspective by which to see the hex community that they have not seen before that, that might dock onto their consciousness and make them interested. So you might've noticed that there was more female engagement in that thread because they like to look at pictures of dudes with fucking six packs. Now, if I hadn't made that post, would there have been as much engagement for girls and would hacks have been shown in a new light that is true and accurate and beneficial to, you know, I don't, I don't watch fucking men's fitness magazine. Like apparently that dude's abs were Photoshopped, but I didn't like stare at his abs hard enough to really fucking notice. Right. I just figured maybe he shaved to show him off. I did. Right? He got me too. He I got did. Me I too. did. Those are some good looking abs, man. Well, I his, the rest of his body time. was consistent yeah. with that body type. Yeah. Like his triceps and his shoulders were consistent with, with low body fat and muscle mass. So I thought, all right, plausible. Maybe he just fucking shaved his stomach. But then you look and you're like, yeah, that's the blur tool. But the funny thing is like he could be double trolling. He could actually have a six pack and then just like, you'll see that shit on like webcam double sites. The dude with a giant dick will be playing a video of a giant dick. And the girl will be like, this is a played video. And then like stops the video and then his real giant sticks there. And you're like, oh, what a troll. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> like, oh, girl. Uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, I knew I knew that I knew that Richard was going to bring the freaking cockroaches in. Hey, look at that crypto coffee. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, coffee. So, buddy. Hey, you know what? I, I got to say something. You know, look, um, having Richard come on the show and talk to us, and 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 having him out there streaming all the time, I just want to say how much I appreciate. It. Look, I'm a I'm a 53 year old guy. I've been around for a long time. Ran around the block. Grew up in the ghettos of Los Angeles. And uh, a lot of street smarts, um, worked in industry for a long time, learned a lot of things from a lot of people. And uh, what I really like about what Richard does, look, he's a young man, but he has a lot of knowledge out there that he gives. And it's to all of you out there. Fuck, what? <laughs> you're not as old as me, though. So fuck. You're young. <laughs> so Tussle but the guy's full of, of knowledge and a guy like me, you know, being older, I can say, you know, fuck that kid, you know, fuck him. He, I ain't going to listen to him. He don't know what the fuck he's talking about because I've been around a lot longer than him, but, but the wisdom and the things that he's experienced and I don't, I'm not a good um, book guy. I don't, I don't learn from books. I didn't, I didn't learn a lot from reading and, and I experienced life out there, hard knocks, school, hard knocks, but guys like Richard, that uh, that do know how to take that that book knowledge and, and all of that that uh, studying that they've done and express it in a way that a guy like me can understand is very valuable because I've learned so much from people like Richard and all of you out there. I behoove of you 
that uh, if you are like me and you don't like to read and you didn't go to school and you didn't do all those things, start grabbing onto these people um, that, that have something to say that resonates with you and start listening to them and learning from them because uh, it's, it's value. There's value in those lessons there. So I, I appreciate you, Richard, for, for the lessons that you've taught me, you know, even though I, I have a lot of experience, I, I still learn a lot from all of you young guys and from people like you, Rich. So thanks. We, we can all, we can all learn from people that have chosen a different path because if you want to be excellent in this life, you have to specialize and to specialize means to be stupid about more things and to be smarter about less things. You're being more smart about less things and more stupid about more things. So, uh, you know, the reason that you don't have 11 quarterbacks on a football team is because you get the shit kicked out of you by a more well-rounded diverse team where each role is played by somebody optimized for that role. And that works in families. It works in, businesses, it works in social hierarchies, and it works, uh, you know, with even your own behavior, you know, you don't you don't have the same attitude. When you're around people, you're gonna act different in the bedroom with the girl than you are, you know, at the bar with your dude friends, you just mm -hmm. you, so the specialization is beautiful and key. And, and here's the funny thing. So many people they say diversity is strength. But then they do everything they can to de-diversify people and make them all a gray goo of sameness that all says and feels the same things, which is the opposite of specialization, is the yeah. opposite of meritocracy. It's it's insanity. I mean, you're you're literally destroying culture. Like that's what culture is. Culture is how different the different things that you do that other people don't do. That's what culture is. So the people that claim to respect and appreciate culture are actually destroying it. Don't act like how you want to act. Act like this shit ideal, which actually sucks. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, that's a terrible idea. And it's, it's mostly the proponents of it are mostly losers, which I find really hilarious. It's like, it's like getting diet advice from a bunch of weak people and <laughs> fat people. You're like, you know, I don't know. These jacked people all eat chicken and broccoli every day. <laughs> they start their morning with coffee, and then it's all chicken and broccoli for the rest of the fucking day. Yeah. So maybe that's a good path, you know? Or the vegans are like, oh, veganism's great. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay. But, you know, if you look at the Olympics and you see how many Olympians are vegan, it's, it's not the majority. Nope. And can you can you make veganism work? Can you get a shitload of protein out of out of plants? Yes. As a matter of fact, all, all of the protein in animals is from pr plants. So, mm -hmm. yes, you can do it, but you have to make an effort too. So, I mean, anyway, back to the happiness thing. I will be very happy if I focus on all the amazing things that are going on. And if I instead focus on one random clout chaser, then I'll be unhappy. You know, it's like, and, and which has scale and which is more important. Is it, is, is arguing with people that are broke and not going to onboard anyway, a wise use of your time, or are you better speaking at scale to the vast majority of people that hasn't shown negativity? So it's just like talking to girls. If you, if you're social as I am, and you like girls as I do. I've talked to tens of thousands of them. They're nice. I love them. They're great. If you walk up to a girl and you say, hey, what's going on? With good posture and good tonality, you, and you look nice, you're going to tell instantly without any fucking doubt whether she's a fun person, a shit person, whether she likes you or not, who in the group is having fun. So, so if, you, if you open up a, a group of girls and say anything, doesn't matter what you say. The ones that want to have fun, they're going to respond. Hmm? 
I was going to say, yeah, my face will be leaving in a quarter of an hour. I'd like you to be on it, sweetheart. Let's go. There you go. And look, I mean, you can say that, and it will work a, per, a portion of the time. So, so there's an art to to saying things that are challenging and fun and friendly, and yet selective enough where you don't get people that are wasting your time, basically. So you learn you learn to calibrate. So, so what I'm saying, the reason I'm saying this is, if you spend your time talking to people that are already predisposed to not have synergy with you, you're wasting their time and you're wasting your time. So if you, if you, if you're a straight guy and you go to a gay bar and there's no like girls there, it's just dudes, there's different kinds of gay bars. Some are like very, very dude like, and some are more friendly and social and have more girls there. If you go to one of the hardcore, like dudes only gay bars, Richard, how do you know so much about gay bars? Long story. <laughs> Great question. So if you're looking for three ways with girls that are friendly with other girls and there's no lesbian bar in your town, you're going to end up with a gay bar. So um, I like them. Um, so if you, if you approach a, a group of people and you say anything with good posture and good tonality and you look nice, the fun and friendly and ones that might have synergy are going to play back. Now, some, sometimes you'll have a girl that wants to be the alpha and be like shitty alpha or whatever, but it's not that common. Uh, it's, you know, maybe 20% of the time, maybe that is common, but, but then the ones that play back, if, if you like the way they look and they like the way you look, then you can, you know, Hey, I got something I want to tell you. I don't want any of your friends to hear it. Come here for a second. You start getting compliance, right? And you start building yes momentum and like, anyway, <laughs> so, you know, for my body weight and age, it's crazy. I don't understand. <laughs> I thought it would get harder. It's not, it's easier. It's crazy. I don't get it. Cause I don't, it's I don't think this shit I say is any better, but apparently it's cause you know, it's cause you know more. Maybe, or maybe, like and You've maybe girls so like older dudes. Maybe you that's a thing. Well, it's, a, it's a guidance thing also. And it's not like you're overwhelming them with knowledge and facts. And don't detail. ever do that. It's, it's all about like presentation and status. Yeah. 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 Dude, Pop don't in. teach a class. You're retarded. Because they understand the subtext. They understand motive. Hey, this is what I got. And this is all the stuff I know. Why, why are you telling me all that? Because you need me and I don't need you. Okay. You're trying too hard. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like, so mm -hmm. it, they, the women instinctively because women are the fairer sex, they need, so Say men hey. choose women for reproductive traits and women choose men for protective traits because that's what we're missing. That's the synergy. So guys, you know, like we're strong, but when it comes to taking care of kids, we're just not as good. Like we can't make milk and you know, if we, we get to rage quicker if, yeah. if something keeps irritating us, right? Those, those are not ideal child rearing uh, behaviors, but they're, they're ideal for other situations like being effective in battle and, you know, killing animals and, and protecting your tribe from other tribes, which was a big deal. First mover managed used to matter a lot. Um, like whoever decided to just go kill the other tribe first, usually won. That's how it used to be. So fuck, like what a, what a crap situation that was. Right. And then now we have law to help back that, that, that off. So now first movers get fucked up. So I guess they did okay with Blitzkrieg style tactics in world war two, but now we've got mutually assured destruction nuclear. Um, so my, my point is this all <laughs> these fucking tangents. If you go back to synergy, is your time better spent? So, so your tier one, like basic understanding of being a human is, Someone's trying to take away my significance by insulting me. 
I will combat them and insult them back and, and do a verbal joust and try and win. And that's where most people live. So they respond to flame bait, they respond to trolls. And then when you, when you scale past that, you're like, okay, we just hide and block all those people as though they didn't exist. We don't even talk about them, we ghost them. They get starved of the only thing they care about, which is their significance, which is trying to look cool. Cause they're not trying to make the world a better place. They're just trying to steal more significance by, by being pricks. And it does work for people that are operating on a tier one mentality, which is a retaliatory mentality. When you, when you engage level two, which is ghost, and then when you ghost things, it leaves you so much extra time because you don't have to think about them. You, you don't have to think about what was said. You don't have to think about combating what was said. You don't have to play into their narrative and follow their talking points. And, and you're, if you do that tier one shit, your life is basically just the shit they're throwing at you inverted. So someone will throw shit at you. Like, are you still beating your wife? I never beat my wife. And why would you say that? And then what is all everybody here? Hey, this dude beats his wife. Maybe. Right. Or so you don't want to accept their negative frames. You don't want to absorb the bullshit they're saying. There's more people out there that are neutral or positive to you than negative. So you just spend all your time with those people. So instead of, instead of doing mortal combat with fuckwits on the internet that have a very low conversion rate to being useful, very low. Cause I used to do that. I used to run a whole chat room. People hated me. Hundreds of people who literally their whole mission in life was to hate me and destroy me and say horrible things about me and anything that I was involved with. I did that for months just to see how it'd work out. Cause I'd never seen it done before. The end result was that they wasted their time. I wasted my time and the world didn't become a better place. I tried it. I really did try. Um, you self-sacrifice though. Other people didn't get trolled. Yeah. Sure. But, but it doesn't scale. So there's, there's a guy that does this for 419. So people that send you those Nigerian investment letters, it's a, it's a 419 law violation. That's like the code of the law. And then uh, there's people called 419 eaters that bait those guys into wasting their time. But here's the problem with 419 baiting. And, and another guy named Kit, Bo Kit Boogie yeah. or Kit yeah. Boogie does this on Twitch. Kit Boga. Yeah. yeah. Kit Boga. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, he, t he, so he takes a one-to-one -one ratio of his time versus the foreign third world scammers time and a one-to-one -one ratio. They absorb each other's time. And then because he live streams it, he entertains and or absorbs the time of thousands of other people. And so one scamming piece of shit consumes thousands of hours of human time at a ratio. Every hour the piece of shit puts in a thousand extra hours of other people's time is consumed. That is a shitty ratio that, that is not going to make the world a better place. So you, as fun as it is to bait dumbasses and, and, and do 419 eating and scam baiting and all this shit, it's, it's not as good as if you, if you could like, I mean, okay, this is a, this is a little crazy, but if you could drop like an EMP on their shitty little call center in Fuxville or wherever it's at, and then just move on with your life, you could go and generate better content where you weren't the inverse of what shit this guy was saying. You were the source and light of your own generation, living your own narrative. So, th so the more people that read survive and, and improve their lives, survives the, the self-help book I wrote. And there's another one called save the world, which is cool. Um, if you, if you spend your time reading those and focusing on those, you're going to get better outcome in your life than arguing with fuckwits. You can't learn from them. 
you'll never learn from them and you're not speaking at scale and it doesn't go viral. The argument that you had with someone on Twitter is not going to have evergreen content properties. It's going to expire and people are never going to see it again. So you saw me trolling Arthur a little bit um, on Twitter. You know, I, I think what they're doing to Arthur is unfair. So I, I don't think people should trade. I think they lose a lot of their money. But I also don't think that you should imprison people that own trading platforms for shits and giggles. Because exactly like exactly how is these people getting wrecked on S&P futures better than getting wrecked by trying to predict the Bitcoin price? They're getting wrecked either way. The only question is which one, you know, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't think shifting some person's wreckage from one form of commodities trading to another form of commodities trading is a way to really improve the world. Because they're not arguing, like the CFTC is not arguing against commodities trading. They're not saying, hey guys, don't trade this shit. They're saying, hey guys, trade this shit on some people that we've given a license to, to wreck you. <laughs> like, it's not, that's not that, that better, right? So I'm posting, you know, funny memes, or it stopped because the hype is reduced. So the reason I'm posting funny shit in regards to that, even though I prefer that, you know, he beat the case because I don't think it's fair what they're doing to him. Like if you do your best to not have American customers, what do you want that like if, if everyone's going to break their balls to lie and cheat and, and pretend there's someone else that's on them. You know, if you can't have every American website kowtowing to what the North Korean censors demand of websites, you can't have one country export its laws to all other countries. If you did have that, it would remove all competition, all meritocracy, all improvement, and no one would ever be able to have any freedom at all because some country somewhere would say what you're doing was wrong or you weren't doing it the right way and you need to pay a fine. So you just can't have that shit. So the most reasonable way to behave is that the citizens abide by the laws where they live and the websites abide by the laws where they exist. And that, that seems to make sense to me. Um, so I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think what they're doing to his business is the most fair. And, and that I'm not, and this is as a guy who tells everybody not to use it and tells his told everyone to get off of it for a long time because their shit just isn't that good. And trading isn't good, both of those things. So, you know, if you're going to trade, you, you can do it somewhere better than that. And you shouldn't be trading anyway, because you're very likely to lose all your money and your health and your relationships and your time. Mm -hmm. So the, the reason that I posted those things, even though I'm kind of on the side is because we could use the attention, right? So that's, what's funny. I have funny shit to say about it. Let's get some new likes and some new follows from new people. But after that phase is complete, you know, I have no problem going and deleting all that bullshit because of what value does it add to the world to this man who's risking serious jail time? You know, we're taking pot shots at him when he's probably enduring a lot of stress. Like, you know, this dude could be going to jail for a very long time. And so it's not exactly the most wholesome thing to be terrorizing and, and, and piling on to a guy that's facing incarceration. And by the way, Look at what his company did. You know what most companies would do? They would shut the fuck down, steal everyone's money, negotiate, and be like, thanks. Yep. He didn't do that. So that, that $500 million insurance fund that they've got, you know, it's, it's still there, apparently. I've never done the chain analysis. Um, he, they let people withdraw earlier than they would otherwise and more often than they would otherwise. That doesn't improve their bargaining position with the regulators where the regulators could negotiate for a larger settlement that now their ability to settle is, is lowered because they have less money. 
and it and it benefited all of the users by being able to de-risk and take possession of their own coins. That was a very, in my opinion, honorable behavior to allow people to de-risk and and not get fucked when the platform got fucked. So, and you know, how many people how many people are talking about that? So I retweeted it. I'm like, look, you know, congrats to all those people that are using crypto the right way, pulling their keys off. And then someone posts, oh, but they might have moved it somewhere else. And then I'm like, no, not really. Here's a chart of all the other exchanges withdrawals as well. Everyone got coins taken off all platforms, had coins removed, which is good for the price, by the way, because you can't sell coins that aren't on the exchange, right? Not not in spot traded vehicles. Mm-hmm. So once again, I'm, I'm like operating on a on another level. Like I, I know... People think I'm just posting funny memes, but it's like, no, actually, I'm just doing some engagement stuff to, to get some traders on board that may have Bitcoin to claim with because they only accept Bitcoin on that platform. I'm also trying to make the world a better place by explaining how we need jurisdictional difference for jurisdictional competition and excellence. And then businesses will go where they're treated better, like Delaware in the United States. So the reason the states has multiple states is for competition. The reason the countries have multiple countries is for competition. We need competition to breed excellence. So I'm educating the world while trying to serve the benefits of the social group, which I am most favored of. I like hexagons the best. That's my, you know, premier social group that I love. Um, And I I tell you this because a lot of people on this call are influencers as well. So you should understand how to hide and block. You should understand who to spend time with. I can tell you guys right now, y'all need to have YouTube channels to do and broadcast something like this with a lot of good content on it and to be fishing where the fish are not. It's quite silly. So if you want to catch fish, you have to go where the fish are and where are all the fish are on YouTube. Yep. So as much as they ban you and as many times as they ban you, just like the Elon Musk scammers, you make a new fucking account and you're back absorbing new followers from their algorithm that shits followers of people with the keywords that are in your stream title. And you have to keep playing that game. You know, the scammers right now are doing a better job advertising than Hex is. And that makes me very angry. Is, are they smarter than we are? Are they more dedicated? Maybe, maybe they are because you know how many fucking Elon Musk JPEGs I delete per day, (laughs) 20, (laughs) you know, who has more live streams, the scammers or us, probably the scammers, right? So, and, and what effect does it have on the world? Every person that watches that scam instead of a hex stream is going to have a a worse experience because they don't get anything in return. They, they, get their money taken and they don't receive anything in return except a story about how they got robbed. So if, if more hexagons did things, which got more eyeballs, it could save a lot of those people that would otherwise have been parted with their keys to nothing but harm, right? Like when you, when you, when you see some message that says, send one ETH, get two, and you're stupid enough to fall for that, that you're not getting any money back. (laughs) You're just going to lose your two ETH or your one ETH in this case. So, you guys that are not streaming on YouTube, you got to man up and make a new fucking account, make as new any new accounts as you need to make. Because like the analogy that I made earlier tonight, which was in a conversation you guys weren't on, if someone's censoring in you and they have their hand over your mouth, you just got to scream through their fucking hand. It's it works. If someone duct tapes your mouth, actually your mouth gets sweaty and the duct tape just falls off. So that shit doesn't even work. <laughs> the person that used to do. Is a person that used to do air conditioning for a living? <laughs> you got a shovel and a bag of lime in your back of your trunk too, Richard? I, I used to do air conditioning for a living. So my dad had an air conditioning company and a newspaper delivery company. And you use the same vans for both. 
So during the day, we'd fix air conditioners, and at night, we would deliver newspapers. And so when you're up at like 4 a.m., and you don't, and you're a kid, and you don't have the best sleep schedule, you or some of your friends are going to be falling asleep. And so you are going to fuck with people to fall asleep. And what tools do you have to fuck with them? Well, duct taping them up is about the most common way to fuck with your friends when they're supposed to be helping you working, but instead they're sleeping. So I'm an expert on exactly the effects duct tape has on people. <laughs> you know, Done it nothing too. else to do. It. You got twine and you got duct tape. And the only other shit you can do is like throw coins at each other, but it's expensive. You know, um, something that's interesting, Richard, that I've seen in, in, in this whole experience of, of streaming is that our most popular shows uh, the ones that get the most views, the ones that got the most, um, uh, you know, uh, talk uh, after after the the fact were the shit shows that we had, stuff that was just hmm. you know people arguing, fighting, um, other oh, yeah. coins scamming, and and sure. those were like what everybody was interested in those, and everybody mm -hmm. talked about those for weeks on Twitter and everywhere else, and it's like. What about all the good streams? You know, those some of those got the least views, and I was like, "Well, no, this no one's is... going to watch, and no one's going to buy a newspaper that says everything's great." Yeah, <laughs> but they'll buy a paper that's like, "Yo, Trump at age 77, 74 has a four percent chance of dying every year just from being old. His chance of dying from COVID is like fifty x or seventy x or something of a of a thirty year old. Some huge fucking number, like." The amount that COVID kills old people is crazy. COVID kills the shit out of you if you're old. If you're young, it doesn't seem to do much. But then you hear stories of people that have been having problems from COVID for months and months and months, and they just don't go away. Problems like if you if you walk upstairs, you're fucking wrecked. Like you have to lay on your back. Depends. Like it, we know so little about this shit still. Like we don't know much about how the basic cell works. We're learning new things in basic cell metabolism all the time, like mRNA messaging and fucking like we just we're basically retards and as regards to biology by the way on netflix there's a television show that has michael douglas in it and uh i can't remember what it's called but basically yeah i'm just gonna the movie's not that good enough to fucking not to not dox the plot to you so if you're gonna watch the movie with michael douglas it's on netflix now uh where it's like some cia shit ignore the next minute of me talking because I'm going to fuck the movie up for you. <laughs> CIA agent wants to bring attention to the fact that we're not prepared for uh, medical disease, like outbreak shit. So he tries to like influence some terrorists to release like a biological weapon, but he just wants to do it in like a limited enough manner to get enough press for people to start caring about like viruses and shit. That was the plot of the movie. But this occurred before COVID. I thought it was so funny. Like, oh, yeah, actually, we were not ready for pandemic shit. And how odd is it that this guy plot was that? You couldn't, you know, or, or just like when uh, you've seen this before where reality kind of mirrors what happened in the movies, you know, just like a movie outbreak. Yeah, there was some bat that fucking mixed with some other shit over in Asia. And then this happened and that happened. And, like, oh, yep, and then countries are fighting over access to the medicine. And you're like, oh, shit, this is all real similar to what's going down. Yeah, I've seen this movie, and the reality's looking oh. real fucking similar. I was sitting in the doctor's waiting room the other day, sitting in the doctor's waiting room, this bloke next to me goes, he goes, oh, every time I take a shit in the harbour, me turds float. And I said, what have you been eating there? 
He goes, oh, I've been eating wine corks. And I said, will you get on down to the tackle shop and get a big seed of feed of sinkers? <laughs> yeah, that would do the trick. Yeah, so or just eat protein. Anyway. If you only eat protein, that'll do the trick as well. Don't eat any fiber at all. You send down those bricks. Food. Sky by. <laughs> Richard, can you, can you come back to the cultural thing you were talking about earlier? Because when you were talking about Hex, I think of like, originally I thought of Hex like a business. If you think of Microsoft, you think of uh, Bill Gates. If you think of Apple's culture, you thought of Steve Jobs. So you thought about a business and maybe a representative. Now, you're not a CEO, but you're a, a big influencer in Hex right now. But when you talk about money and you had mentioned before that you know what's the end goal when will you be happy with hex you know when it's a, a reserve currency uh the diversification the modules of like even you said earlier about people putting their own streams or their own brand or their purpose of money mm. or some people use money for different things so if you think about hex how do we transition from you kind of being the lead influencer and talking about you know roi and gains and other people that maybe a year, two years, five years down the road, they go and they treat, it's not the business of Hex, it's uh, a substitute for, for, for money. How, do you, how does that transition happen? Instead of being like a cultural brand or something representing, you know, crypto, something broader than crypto even. That was a loaded kind of suitcase question. There was a bunch of yeah. questions in there. Number one, I think that you... I think you misunderstand the brand of Microsoft and Apple. So just like when you walk up to a table of girls, the shit you say matters infinitely less than where they're at in their life. This person wants to have fun. You are good enough. Congrats. Doesn't like if, if you're, if you're fucking uh, Michael Jordan or Tom Cruise and you try and game like my girlfriend that I have at the time, they're just not going to fuck you, even though you're Tom Cruise and Michael Jordan, because they're good, honest people and they're already in a relationship. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do or how famous you are. It just doesn't matter. So where people are at in their life is more important than who you are and the shit you say. The same thing kind of goes with Apple and, and Microsoft. If you were an investor, you might see Microsoft as Bill Gates. But if you were a software developer, you don't give a fuck about Bill Gates. You, you care about the, the tools that they're giving you to help build stuff or how many users you might be able to get by building on that platform. You're just focused on something entirely different. If you're a person that's looking at hacks, a lot of people say, oh, hacks made crypto fun again. Maybe the person wants to invest because it's fun. If you're a trader and you look at the chart and that person invested because of the chart, if you're a person that believes in actual decentralization and no admin keys and, you know, like, better security and security audits and those things, they might invest for that reason. So I, I believe that where a person is coming from and who they are and what's going on in their head is a much larger influencer than, it's like cause and effect. You, so I'm me and then people think that I, because I'm the way I am, like I'm causing an effect. But in reality, these people are the way they are and then they just happen to have synergy with a person that's like me. And then which one happened first? Or, or do we have synergy? Do they enjoy following me because they were like that beforehand? Usually, right? So it's like the, the reason that it's important to rotate through all of the different positive aspects of 
the hex ecosystem like hey you're in the military maybe you like it because we got a lot of military guys hey you like trading look at the chart look how cool it is hey you like security hey you like cool logo you like you know ads do you like whatever it is Cert everyone has a certain different thing that they like and you have all of those traits and then you just rotate through them all so people see them all and then the people will attach on at whatever it is that they liked so it's you don't have to pigeonhole yourself and typecast yourself into being a certain way because you think that is the only way or the optimal way you might find that there's other ways that are better that you just discover over time you know and and that's why it's important to have different kinds of influencers and different kinds of pitches and and you know focus on all the different aspects that are good of the thing and not try to like just pick one you know so we used to focus on 116x now we're focusing on you know 25 percent apy it's really like higher than that it's like i think almost 30 percent apy now but i almost don't want to change the number because 25 seems feels more believable Good enough <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it feels more believable to me and i'm trying the like so the outrageous hard to believe but true angle okay we tried that now let's try the the believable angle and then we'll probably try other ones too because what happens is you you satiate your audience and your audience is finite and then you have to hit them with another pitch i don't want to say it's like muscle confusion because i don't really believe in muscle confusion as far as workouts go but it it if you try some shit and you get diminishing returns then you try some other shit and then it works for a while and then you try some other shit and you just keep rotating through and you're adaptive about it you know that's it's effective and, and if you're not onboarding enough new people fast enough, it's it's the only way to really continue to get results out of a, a finite pool, right? Um, so I, I so your question was rather stacked in that it was like, okay, you present an idea like, okay, you think that this is like a social movement, but we want it to be a financial movement. And you're like, well, you're going to be all of those things, and then it's whichever one has the largest money in it that like onboards and then you think that one matters the most so it's just like bitcoin like bitcoin used to be uh we hate the government and now it's we love the government okay <laughs> cool. or you just onboarded both classes then you emptied out one class you're like hey we hate the government you got all their excess free capital and now they're useless you took all their money already so the only new money they have to put in is the money that they make monthly unless they've gone full-time crypto and then they don't have anything to put in fuck yeah. <laughs> For people who go full-time crypto, they no longer can move the price up. They can move it down because yep. they can only sell. They can't buy. I got, like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You went full-time crypto. I wish you had new income from outside the system to fucking put in. Um, so like mm -hmm. it's better to not pigeonhole yourself into one pitch when you can just rotate your pitch through. Right. So you're like, okay, first we're, we're going to be a world currency and then we're going to be digital gold and then we're going to be programmable money and then we're going to be DAOs and then we're going to be unstoppable computing and now we're going to be DeFi and then you just fine. Okay. More pitches, more people jump in. Great. Like it's, it's, if you want to get more economic mass, it's better to, to be all things to all those people. And they all, they all are kind of true. They're just delayed, right? Like, do we have DAOs now? Yeah. Do we have, uh, you know, unstoppable computing pretty much do we have uh you know digital gold yeah we got a lot of that shit you know um it just took it took a while so so i talk i talk the premise of the question that there's some optimal way to behave to get one result and i i posit that it's superior to have multiple results from multiple attacks because in the end the traits that you have are less important than the traits that people are looking for 
which are all over the place. So if, if you can onboard people that like interest and you can onboard people that like trading and you can onboard people that like security and you can onboard people that like crypto is more fun again, cool. Let's take them all, right? We don't need to alienate any of them. Um, I mean, you do, you do have to alienate some a little bit by the order by which you deliver information on the website. So we, we do, there's a very specific order in which the, the information on the site is delivered. Um, like I would love to take that post I made about how Bitcoin is similar to X and, you know, like shares equals hash rate, total shares equals total hash rate, block reward equals interest plus penalties. And then you're like, oh, so like they're really actually similar systems. Like, yeah, they're very similar systems. They're both cryptocurrencies. They both uh, pay inflation to people that have a certain behavior. In Bitcoin, you inflate to pay uh, miners, which then sell those coins to buy electricity and mining hardware. And then in Hex, we inflate to pay stakers to hold the price up. That's it. The difference is that in Bitcoin, you're paying people to sell the price down. In Hex, you're you're inflating to to hold the price up. What what do you think it's hard to uh, get people to understand to earn trustless interest by learning to stake Hex? Why do you think that there's such a, like they're all going over under this DeFi and trying to do this yield farming and curve crap? Why why do you think that? By learn to stake is very simple, earn trustless interest through the inflation, but why is it that people don't, learn or understand or even take the time to look at it i think that there's a a basic human logical error that people have a hard time overcoming and that they see value in sacrifice so if you were you know a thousand years ago and there wasn't enough rain you're like yo where the pretty girls let's kill the fuck out of them hey that girl's (laughs) pretty and young let's kill her see if rain happens they would do that shit and they did it for thousands of fucking years because their brain was like, oh, well, I'm sacrificing. So, I mean, shit, that's proof of work, right? So maybe something will get better somewhere. No, like smashing your hand with a hammer is proof of work. It's worse, not better. People don't get that. So they don't understand that waste is wasteful. They, they just don't get it. They're just dumb about it. So when they see when they see Bitcoin, like they're like, oh, the hash rate. There's so much hash rate that pushes the price up. No, actually pushes the price down, but you're too stupid to get that. Like we were at all time hash rate when we went from like 20K to 3K. Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, what happened with that 85% jump with all time high hash rate? Well, I thought the hash rate would move the price. No, in fact, the fucking price moves the hash rate, but they're just too stupid to get the causality of it. There's a cause and effect. It is the price that moves the hash rate. It is not the hash rate that moves the price. I had the same fucking argument with someone in chat today. They're like, oh, there's no volume today. I'm like, so what? Like, well, I want volume. Like, why? It doesn't fill your orders. You can't put bids and asks on the volume chart. The only people that make money on volume are liquidity providers, market makers, which is just another form of liquidity providing, and uh, exchanges. Yeah. Are you either of those three things? Well, then why the fuck do you care about the volume? Volume cannot move price, but price does cause volume. So if the price has moved, then there will be volume. But if there's volume, it doesn't mean the price moved. Let's say you have a big-ass sell wall. $1, big ass $1 sell wall. You, you buy a shitload into it, price is still a dollar. You buy a shitload more, price is still a dollar. You buy a shitload more, price is still a dollar. Well, where the fuck? There's all that volume. Where's my price movement? Volume does not move price. Price moves fucking price. And then volume follows. 
people just don't get it. They're like, oh, these fucking okay, you wash trade and you sell your own coins to yourself a million times. You got a shitload of volume. What good does that do the world? It enriches liquidity providers, it enriches the market makers. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless like so dumb. But people don't get it. They don't I try and I tell it to them and it's hard for them to absorb for some reason. Um so yeah, on the on the social the angle. Hex is very, very addictive. It is very, very viral. It is very, very good. And similar to other projects which have gotten mass, it just takes time to scale them up. So if, if you look at the metrics of Hex, you know, number of YouTube channels, number of views, number of users, number of stakes made, number of new addresses entering the AA, number of new addresses making stakes, they're all going up. The average stake length also appears to be going up. Well, what the fuck more could you want, right? And the vast, 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 vast majority of shares in the system are not origin address related. So when you see those ultra long stake lengths, those are mostly Joe Blow non-OA related stakes. So it's like, what more could you, if you wanted a well-functioning cryptocurrency, I don't know how you could design one with superior to price performance, the one that people tend to buy and not sell for a really long time. Like that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's so all of the things that we'd want to see hex doing, it is doing I'm very happy about that. Um, and, and it's just a question of like, where will the tipping point be? Because even like normal straight up scams have tipping points. Like, you know, you look at, uh, you look at the chart of like plus token. It's like nothing going on, nothing going on, nothing going on. Okay, nothing going on. Ah, fucking vertical line, billions of dollars. Okay, well, what was the difference between it was doing jack shit like two months earlier and then vertical fucking line? And how many other things have done that? Like XRP, nothing going on, nothing going on. Oh, vertical line, and then death forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I I don't believe Hex has had its vertical line deal yet. And I think that when it does have a vertical line deal, it's not going to behave like other ones because when you're staked, you're fucking staked. You, and by the way, like now that, now that we're within 90 days of the, uh, the big payday, Nobody's seen early instinct without killing the stake. emergency instinct behaviors. Life. Say again. Exactly. 47 dies. Like 47 dies. So because there's a minimum 90 day penalty, anyone that has a stake open now is going to be penalized by big payday. So like the, I believe that the penalties for emergency and staking are going to be different than they used to be and larger. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I haven't done the math and done the modeling to try and figure out how much of that amplified big payday penalty so basically, like, if you get penalized by big payday, but you didn't receive big payday, you're ultra fucked. You're going to get annihilated because big payday is going to be gigantic compared to normal interest. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. if so, I'd, I'd have to like spend some time thinking about like which classes of users and behaviors could be penalized by big payday yet not have received it. Um, I'd have to think about it. But penalties are sure. way down at the moment. Penalties have dropped drop right off in the last day or two as well. So you I can't that, see yeah. moon. Yeah. And, so. and, the, and the funny thing is, it's like, you know, people talk about, uh, people talk about like 
dumps and volatility and stuff. If you're not selling, how much does the price matter to you? It feels good when it goes up. Doesn't matter to me at all. <laughs> right. But like, if you're, so if you're still buying, you love a lower price. You're like, yes, yeah. I've got a better deal. Right. Like if you're yeah. buying a car or a house, yeah, I, I would prefer a cheaper price. You know, if you're buying in hex, you'd probably prefer a cheaper price. So for someone that's going to sell one day, the only, I believe, part that matters about today's price is the way it will affect the future price. And hex has dumped 75%, I believe, a couple times. It didn't seem to bother the long-term price, hmm. right? So, you know, and then in effect, what do you have? You have people that would have been able to sell lots more money and get paid lots more to sell. So, so when a person emergency end stakes, they're paying a larger penalty and selling usually at a lower price if hex continues to trend up, right? So if, if you're continuing to trend up, it means your average price is higher. So if a person sells lower, they're averaging a lower sell price and paying a larger penalty. That's probably good for long-term accrual of value. I mean, it depends. It's like the people that sold their Bitcoin when it was a penny, they got fucked, obviously, because they could have had you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think that someone benefited from them getting fucked, and it was the people that had longer time horizons. So it's just, it's just like someone, if someone gets in and out of hex at a loss, where does that loss go? Probably some other hexagon made that loss. Probably some other hexagon made that money that that person lost. So, you know, that's different if you have some system with a lot of negative externalities and overhead, but in a system that, that has little overhead, I think that when people lose kind of someone else makes that money. So if somebody, if somebody wants to dump hacks and sell at, at really cheap prices, I'm almost like, yeah, I'd rather they get out as low as they can mm -hmm. because then it leaves more money in the system for people that didn't just fucking sell. Like, do you, do you, how much do you want to reward someone that's like murdering the price? I, I don't really want to reward them that much. You know, like I don't, I don't see how that benefits hacks or the long-term price or the ecosystem. So if someone emerges the end stakes and, and murders their stake and, and, tries to murder their price. About, Very interesting. interesting. Think about it this way. There's been 840 million hacks paid in penalties. Imagine if those emergency end stakers instead were given that hacks and sold it in market. Well, AA, like the, the Uniswap has about 840 million hacks in it. So if you doubled the amount of uh, hacks in the uni pool in a single order, you would cut the price by four. You'd have a 75% dip. But those guys didn't get those coins because instead they were paid as penalties, which kind of feels to me like the hex price is a lot higher than it would have been had those guys been given those penalties to just sell instead. Yeah. Right? Now, yep. so, you know, not all of those uh, penalties were sold. But the, but the point is like, if people that are selling give their penalties to people that aren't selling, that seems like positive price pressure to me because sales that would have been made aren't being made. They're being kicked into the future and you don't know if those other guys will sell or not, right? Like the OA gets half of the, uh, the penalties and I am unaware of any record of the OA making a market sell. So cool.
right? Like nobody knows if that behavior will continue, but if it does, that seems like it would be positive for price. If you have some entity that just is sucking up supply and not selling it, regardless of the title or stature or type of entity it is, anybody that absorbs supply without selling it is not hurting the price. They would be inflating the market cap, right? If it was treated as circulating supply and they would be inflating the interest because interest is paid out as a function of total supply. And if you have a larger total supply, so you're going to get higher interest payments payments. So if more people will self-refer then that uh, causes more coins to be minted, which causes more copy to be minted to A, which, you know, which is the reason every day hex inflates by about 1.3 billion. A lot of people think that it's 500 million because that's what they see in AA, but that's not how it actually works. How it actually, like, how it actually works is our supply is like 360 B and run day like 360. Well, what do you know? It's like about a billion a day or whatever, right? So it's, there's a lot of cool emergent properties in Hex, which are working out really well that you wouldn't have been able to predict. You're like, oh, who knew, right? Um, but it, yeah, even the staking class, people that are in, that have got stakes that are coming to maturity are going to be considering how they manage that because they've got other stakes that, that it's in their best interest to, you know, right to, or you do the right thing well it's it's like i i'm i almost feel like if there's going to be a dump that i prefer it be a fucking brutal murderous dump so that whatever people sell for nothing all right well hey, see ya suck it you up. don't get to sell later now now you don't get to sell later so if, if people eject and like leave early you're like okay well now you have less like it's that I'm not there's no book about this like you can't know mm -hmm. whether your thoughts on it are like perfectly accurate but but to me it seems like if you have someone that's going to eject and sell you'd you'd rather that they just get less I mean am I missing anything like it seems because if they if let me put it to this way if someone sells when the price is like near nothing all they have done is remove their ability to hurt the price later mm -hmm. but yeah. if they if they don't sell at shittier prices and they sell at like higher prices and then it gives them the money they need, then they retain the ability to hurt the price later. So it's, it's just like the liquidity thing. Like I, I look at liquidity, like if you want to do a 10,000 X, it's very useful to have the minimum viable liquidity available so that it takes less economic energy to continue to rise the price. Mm -hmm. Because if you have infinite liquidity, the price literally can't move. Because no matter how much you sell into it, it's just a wall. Or no matter how much you buy into it, it's just a wall. And that's not what people prefer in their speculative investments. They prefer appreciation. And so you must have non-infinite liquidity, which is easy because, you know, most things aren't infinite. Um, and, and it's like, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at this system and trying to, I, like, no, when I talk about a target of 10,000x, like, I, I was serious. It's like, I want to... I want Hex to do better than Ethereum did. And it did a 10,000 X on the Kraken exchange. It did less on other exchanges, right? Because Kraken wicked down to like 15 cents. So if instead you had bought at their like ICO price of like 30 cents or 31 cents, then you really only did like a 5,000 X. Okay. Well, you know, I'm quoting the 10,000 X on Kraken instead of like the ICO price at, with no wick down at 5,000 X. So like, 
for me, I want to see the system really be the highest appreciating asset that's ever existed because it can, like it, it, it has superior properties. It, it has a better logo. It has a better name. It has a better domain name. It has better, uh, I mean, l Ethereum is literally trying to build into their system things Hex already does. They're trying to build staking to their system where they figure out, oh, if you lock up this much, then you get this much inflation. They're still trying to figure that out. We already figured it out. They're trying to figure out coin burns with the IP1559. We already burn coins that are staked. We already do coin burns. So Ethereum is trying to catch up with Hex, which is funny because Hex is built on Ethereum. And that's why I have to explain <laughs> to people, Ethereum is just a typewriter. That's yeah. it. You have to program and make something. You have to write your own novel. Ethereum is not a novel. It, Post it's, it's, so it's like, I, I want traders on board. I want girls on board. I want strong guys on board. I want weak guys on board. I want state guys and soy boys. And I want everybody to fucking on board because this has superior properties and it is showing wonderful performance. It's, it's just what, I mean, what other cryptocurrency in the history of crypto has had a 4.8 year average fucking lockup? <laughs> I, what? I don't know. Able to, you haven't been able to lock up anything for real. Exactly. What, what are these I emergent mean, qualities, these emergent properties that you had mentioned before, Richard? Um, what, what, what are some of those? Can you talk about that? Well, well, sure. Like I, I didn't know that it would be fun. That wasn't in my brain when I made this fucking thing, but it turned out to be fun. Mm -hmm. Probably because the community attracted. Uh, I didn't anticipate people would be emergency unstaking to make longer stakes. Never occurred to me. Guilty. I uh, I didn't really think so much about the uh, the ninety day BPD behavior change. Like oh, like people that people that stake during this epic had a different experience with emergency end staking that people that stake during this epic didn't really think about that. <laughs> some things some things came out in ways that I I thought that the amount released every day would be much more variable. I thought that more people that free claimed would drop that number faster i didn't know that it was fucking averaged and that it, it, it was the, the the amount that it dropped was just spread over the whole face i'm like ah oh, fuck <laughs> i would have preferred that it dropped like if you got a lot of claims on a day then the aa available that day dropped a lot i would have preferred that because it'd be more responsive system and then what we end up with now is like basically about 511 million come out every day i think it's like 510 million now mm -hmm. like rounds to 511 still and then by the way you know you have to inflate that for the people to self-refer by like 32 percent yeah so um a lot i have a question if you yeah. my question is when aa ends in 47 days there won't be this opportunity really to buy without pushing the price up like you right now can buy in the aa as a whale and not push the price against you uh, the Uniswap is a different location, but like in Bitcoin or in other kinds of cryptos, there may have been positive because exchanges want to compete for users and price. People are seeking arbitrage opportunities or they're looking for, I can make it, I can buy it over, here, guys. over there. What I don't give a shit about arbitrage guys. I don't like them. <laughs> at all. Of arbitrage. They take economic energy out of the system and they put it in their own fucking pocket. Yep. And that's all so they do. Do you think that it's you better to be on a single exchange, uh, a DeFi exchange, or do you think it's better to be on multiple exchanges after AA? 
Or just be on the the best one with the first mover advantage. Well, the, the question's oh. it's a misleading question. It's, it's a false binary choice in it. So it, one, if you have all your liquidity in a single exchange, everyone gets superior order execution because you're not spreading that liquidity across multiple exchanges, which reduces the order book thickness, which increases the slippage, which gives worse execution to everyone participating and causes the arbitrage fucks to make more money as they equalize across the systems. So you do have efficiencies of consolidating liquidity in a single system. And in my opinion, the system that is least likely to exit scam your ass, which is a custodian free, peer-to-peer -peer censorship resistant, locked, no admin key system like Uniswap, or at least Uniswap v1 and kind of Uniswap v2 for the most part. Um, for, the, for the retail user, Uniswap v2 doesn't have admin keys. For the liquidity provider, the fact that they could turn on a switch that takes 15% from any new liquidity added is a fucking admin key to, to a degree. Um, so that affects liquidity providers. It doesn't affect uh, retail users unless it disincentivizes liquidity. And then so far it's enhanced liquidity. So, so be it. I mean, there's a billion dollars with Ethereum and Uniswap right now, literally a billion dollars. It's a lot. <clears throat> Wasn't that way six months ago, not even close. Not even 10 times as close. So the only utility there is in normal exchanges is regulatory arbitrage, being able to accept fiat money from people's bank accounts. That's it. Second, they have users that are already in the crypto ecosystem that you might gain access to, which is another a large benefit. Huge scams have made billions of dollars without being listed anywhere. They just accepted people's Bitcoin and ETH. Period. You can accept Bitcoin through Uniswap now with TBTC, WBTC, REN BTC, etc. Mm -hmm. You can accept Ethereum easy as fuck using go.hex.com or Uniswap. So your ability to onboard users, peer-to-peer, -peer, superior, no sign up, no selfies, it, it works now, today. And it works far better than it needs to. It's far better than than any other system that the crypto has ever seen or probably the world has ever seen with a billion dollars liquidity. The most liquid Ethereum pair in the world is on Uniswap now, more so than any other exchange has ever been, ever. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And Hex is like number 12 or 13 or 14, depending on the day. You know, some coins will hop in with some liquidity and then they'll move around, right? But it's, you know, on like top 15, top 15 or 16, like every time I've looked on Uniswap.info. And it's only like number 20 or 25 market cap, depending on what uh, site you use. So it's higher in the liquidity ranks than it is in the market cap ranks. If, if you want to onboard the world, the world be, needs to be able to turn their economic energy into Ethereum or Bitcoin and then into Hex. I don't really believe, I do not really believe that there's much advantage to having a native hex pair on exchanges because they need to use Ethereum to perform stakes anyway. So they need to buy Ethereum anyway. So just buy more Ethereum and turn that into hex on this trustless exchange or in the go.hex.com self-refer if you like and get a 32% bonus. Do that instead of exposing yourself to, you know, shittier, thinner order books on the native hex pair on these other exchanges. So I, I like, like when I bought today, I bought a better yeah, deal. 
then you could have gotten a Uniswap. Yeah, sure. You got more out of AA. Okay. Yeah. If you self-refer, go to hex.com very often is a better deal. I mean, you have to check it, right? Like it's, you have to check it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, or before the end of the day, so to speak. So when basically that big outlet or big opportunity to buy through AA goes away. Oh, well, yeah, well okay. That, that's a very easy answer, by the way. I, I'm sorry I skipped that one. So, yeah. so I answered your question about how important are other exchanges. They're just not. As long as people can get ETH. As long as people can get ETH, having Hex listed on other exchanges doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. Except for the marketing shit. And if the marketing shit was so good, how come stuff gets delisted off those exchanges? If being listed somewhere on its own was enough, where do delistings come from? Being listed alone is not enough. Motherfuckers need to want to buy. And if they want to buy, they can buy ETH and get in. They don't need a fucking native listing. Um, now, the easier answer, so I answered your how important exchanges. Now your question is like, yo, dog, how much price pump when AA go away? That's really what you're <laughs> asking me. Yes. So, so quite simply, if, if, if price is supply and demand, if that is true, the price is supply and demand, then supply right now is every day what is on uni plus what is on AA. When AA is gone, that supply is no longer available there. You only have yep. what's in uni and what's on these other exchanges. But I'm just going to say like uni is the real deal because uni has, yep. I think, the maximum amount of like sell availability on any other exchange that's not uni is like double digit millions. Well, there's triple digit millions on Uniswap. So there's at least 10x more liquidity on that exchange than on the bid and ask side for X than any other exchange in the world. So I consider that the real market. And it's also the one that doesn't have any bullshit. You can inspect every trade. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no wash trading because you can look at the fucking trades. You're like, Hey, is yep. this guy buying and selling to himself? Where'd the money come from? Right? Like you can look at Uniswap and fucking see what's going on. Um, but on the, the closed exchanges, you can't see that shit. So I, I, if supply and demand influences price and you remove the fuck out of supply. And so whatever, it, it, I believe that that causes price to rise. Yeah. If yeah. you reduce, if you reduce supply. Million, day, something like that going in the AA at least. Like there's huge amounts of ETH going into the AA lobby. As soon as the AA, all of you, if, I mean, if you, as you say, if you take away the AA lobby and then that money is then going to Uniswap, well, that's going to pump the price, surely. Even though there's going to be a heaps of like 800, I think it's 800 uh, billion tokens are coming off, I mean, off off stake just after the big payday. Like if you look at that chart of future supply, there's a lot, there's a big, there's a big spike of uh, coins coming off. Uh, coming. Off I would actually to like to know what that number is. Like I gotta it's ask Harbun again. Eight hundred million. Eight hundred. Is it eight hundred billion or it's it's eight hundred? It it's not eight hundred million. Number of zeros. Which site did you use to to gather that? Uh, Hexvision. Hexvision. Yeah. yeah. So, let me I, I was on that site too, and I was going through all the charts, and I saw the big spike. But when I moused over it, it was well, like an eight hundred. I mean, yeah. eight hundred billion. Is it eight hundred? The units are unclear to me. No, it I can't need, be. I need Firebun to clarify. Oh, eight hundred million. Must be eight hundred million. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I want to clarify because it's like the yeah. title of the thing is like some, and you're like, well, here it is. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've said this, I've said this plenty of times on this stream and 
Hexakins are probably getting sick of hearing it, but I don't think people understand when you've got a billion new coins hitting the market or 800 million new coins hitting the market every day. When that goes away, the, 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 the fact that the price is not dropping when that kind of inflation is being introduced to the market on a daily basis is just going to mean exponential moon price later when, when all you can buy is off of Uniswap. Well, it doesn't take Maybe. that to catalyze that, though, because if you already have been buying in over the course of a year through AA and you've been accumulating, when why wouldn't you want your stack to increase in value by just buying more on uni and forcing up the whole value of your entire stack? So I can but, see it. Surprising. But like you, this stuff is so timing related. Yeah. So So for instance, if you want to sell in a single order, like if you want to buy... $3.5 million of hacks in a single order, you're going to forex the price mm -hmm. in that order period. And if you want to sell $3.5 million of hacks, you're going to drop the price 75% in that fucking order. That's the math. So these general topics of like supply and demand curves and shit, they kind of are like leaving out the wicks of timing of like, and here's another thing. Let's, let's say price goes down after BPD. That doesn't like if the price goes down to a certain level, people just ch might choose not to sell. They might be like, ah, I'm not going to sell for nothing. I believe I can sell for higher later. You don't know. Or if the price doesn't dump fast enough and people are like, oh shit, I thought I was going to dump. And what if it goes up? Then they're going to have to chase the market higher because they want in, but they just wanted to get a better deal, right? Like I'd have no fucking idea what was going to happen on big payday. I, I don't even really know how many coins are expiring on that day. And I haven't done the chain analysis to try and guess what, type of user behaviors that person tends to have usually are they a trader usually are they a long-term staker usually have they shown behavior of ending stakes to stake for longer before is is that behavior more indicative of a likelihood to stake with those coins that are coming out on bpd right like if i were a trader and i was trying to really figure out what would happen on that specific day i'd be eye fucking everybody and looking at what they did in the past and trying to guess like might they do that again right mm -hmm. um so in, in broad strokes, like not looking at like individual wicks of a specific day up or down, I think in general, like, yeah, there's going to be a lot less supply available when you can only buy it from one place and liquidity rarely gets added. I mean, if it would be different if, if people were just adding liquidity all the time, which would increase the sell pressure and the buy pressure and reduce the volatility. You know, if you go to hex, if you go to uniswap.info and click the hex ETH pair and click, you know, ads, it'll show you all the times liquidity has been added. And, and I don't think there's that many, which means there's not much sell pressure being added, which means like if, if AA disappears, then those new coins aren't available. Then the only coins you can get are either by OTC, which I don't see many people using fucking no one, basically like the OTC channel is dead as shit. Um, or Uniswap, which the majority of people use, or the centralized exchanges, which just don't have much supply on them. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm like hedging my bets, but like, I, I really feel, I don't make forward looking price statements about hacks. I'm very, very, very careful not to do that. I can just say that from what I look at in regards to the, the supply that's available, it sure looks like when AA is done, there's a shitload less, less supply available. Yep. Unless, unless every other participant in the system decides to like release all their supply and then you'd have to do the math or whatever. Right. Like, 
but they could they could do that now too so like they don't so like if if the likelihood that everyone else that has supply is equally likely to do it now or after and, th and then you could just consider that to like cancel out there's just less fucking available so then I mean, this this situation is really easy let's say you want to buy a million dollars of hex right now you could buy 500,000 on uni 500,000 on aa and how much would the price move up by the 500,000 you put on uni right that's right, that's right. okay well, now let's say you want to buy a million dollars of hacks and AA is not there anymore. What are you going to do with your million bucks? Well, you split up it, your order or buy in bits. It looks like most people just single market buy on fucking yeah. They're like, ah, yeah. fucking mash it. That's yeah. what it looks like. Most people do. Yeah. Yeah. Too long. I don't <laughs> see a lot of people scaling into orders when I look at what people are doing in uni. Most people just seem to fucking mash it. So, I mean, yeah. and then you're going to get. So what you're getting in effect in this model that I described where someone's order size became twice as large is you're going to get four times the price movement that you would have otherwise got mm -hmm. because everything in Uniswap operates as a square. So if, if you double, like if, if you double the amount of uh, ETH in the pair, you four X the price. So like it, it's, it, it, that seems like, I mean, how hard it is in crypto to get 3 million bucks. doesn't seem like it's that hard. So you're just waiting for that dude with 3 million bucks, wants to buy some crypto, likes X. Cool. You know, like, because the price seems to me to move by fucking whales. Like you're just waiting for a big whale to buy it up is what it looks like. Or that's what it's been in the past. And we saw a guy double the price in a day with a 10,000 ETH buy. And there's other whales out there with wallets like that, right? Might not always be like that. Like the demographics that participate in, in purchasing hacks might tend to, if we get more influencers and more general media, um, turn into much more guys that buy 200 bucks, which seems like, you know, the average kind of like, hey, I want to try this out, buy-in. Whereas the normal crypto whale is just sitting on a fucking $20 million of ETH. And he's like, yo, check a million over here. Yeah. <laughs> that, and they really, we see it on the chart. We're like, oh, shit. All right. Like crazy, so I'm like okay. That's why like that's why I want to put that big long thing that I wrote about the analogies between how Bitcoin works and how X works. I want to put it on the homepage, but where the fuck do I put it? <clears throat> do I put it at the bottom after like the sites, like all the other sites, like Hex.Live, Hex.Vision? But then it like pushes all the social stuff down, or do I put it into an accordion? I feel like putting it into an accordion, like each Twitter post is like an accordion thing. We click it and it expands and just shove it in between the like newsletter sign up and the uh what do we even send fucking newsletter like nobody that shit never gets mailed so maybe <laughs> uh maybe stick it above the newsletter sign up and then like newsletter and social will be down here and then the bitcoin and hex analogy will be here but it kind of like belongs on the, the bitcoin and hex comparison page too but no one ever clicks that shit so you want to kind of stick it on the home page and then hope that people scroll down that far they make better like analysis engines to like analyze what user behaviors are it would be nice to see like how far down the page people actually get because um, you'd, you'd hate to put some really good content scroll. down the bottom of the page no one <laughs> fucking goes to you know <clears throat> yeah what's important i believe to onboard guys that are already in crypto which i think are the majority of the price movements up in hacks and these fucking whales that dump thousands thousands of eth in there they have eth so it's like as long as those are the guys that are the majority of the price movement, which kind of speak to the the concerns that they might be influenced by. And I think that 
with you know about a billion dollars of Bitcoin wrapped in Ethereum now, it's easier to onboard Bitcoin users probably. You know, <clears throat> so speaking to their concerns and, and showing them the comparison between Hex and Bitcoin, I think is very important. Yeah. Also, when you understand that, you stop hearing about the scam shit. You're like, yeah, it's just like Bitcoin. Look, do you understand Bitcoin? Okay, well, here's Hex just like it. We just do these things better. It's easy. Mm -hmm. You're like, look, Bitcoin inflates to reward certain user behaviors. Hex inflates to reward certain user behaviors. Bitcoin uses proof of work. Hex uses proof of work. Hex also uses proof of stake for inflation. It just uses proof of work for transactions. It, it's, there's, the systems have wonderful analogies between them. But I, I don't know how many people that have hit the Hex website have ever even read the fucking white paper. I mean, I've been accused of people. People were like, oh, well, fucking, you know, where does it say that there's some OA that gets like half supply? It's like, well, it's in the disclaimer at the bottom of every page. It's in the white paper. Yeah, it's in the white paper. Did you bother reading the fucking white paper? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, this fuck, fuck boy, Oya Evan, writes this whole shit article about how, like, there's some hidden shit. You're like, no, we, this shit is not hidden. It's in the fucking white paper, along with a bunch of other really cool tips. But read the white paper, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, just amazes me. You know what? You want to know how many crypto websites talk about crypto going zero on their homepage? Just hex. It's just hex. Hex is the only website in the world where it says, yeah, crypto goes to zero sometimes. Slash crashes to zero. It's huge volatility. Drops 85 and 95% sometimes. Nobody talks about it. Nobody. Yep. Hex does. Right in yep. that accordion. All these then, guys in the chat just want to talk about infographics. <laughs> Everyone keeps posting here. Nobody reads past two scrolls. Uh, Steph was saying uh, nobody reads shit. <laughs> could be. Yeah, it could be. Which is regrettable because Hex is so fucking cool. There's so I agree. much cool shit going on. I did, but maybe it's just because I'm a nerd. But Probably. Even in stock, people buy a narrative. They don't really. I mean, they get a prospectus because legally they have to get a prospectus. But they don't really read all that stuff. Just like yeah. when you, you you update your Apple iPhone, you don't read all that stuff. You if you added it. up all the hours it would take to read all the bullshit, you wouldn't have a life left. You'd be like, oh, yeah. life canceled. Signed up to too many things. Life. <laughs> well, you all sat and listened to about 400 hours of your live streams before we all got in. Yeah. So, I mean, what's yeah. the... That's true. I mowed a lot of lawns listening to Richard Hart. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, people are just so dumb. Like they, they think they understand crypto better than I do. It's like I am a better trader, smarter, been at it longer, mind, no game theory, successful serial entrepreneur, and then fuckwits that have never done anything with their life. Like, no, man, I just got here. I'm going to tell you how to do this shit. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, you don't understand anything. Yeah. My dumbest day. Like, I just, like, it, why don't people just, if they don't or fucking can't read the white paper, why don't they just respect my accomplishments? It's like, hey, I called the 20K Christmas. Any of you fuck boys call it 20K Christmas? Hey, I called the fucking multi-year bear market. Any of you fuck boys call it multi-year bear market? Hey, like I built and gave away, you know, billions of dollars of Bitcoin was used to mint what I invented. I gave these fuckers millions of dollars of free value that I busted my ass to create. Any of you fuckers hand out millions of dollars? No? All you guys shut the fuck up. They just need to yeah. Thank you. Instead you get you one of them is saying fucking thank you. Yet. Yep, exactly. It, instead you get these young kids trying to discredit your school <laughs> as if they're yeah, like, I must want to take a live high, IQ test. Like, let's just live stream an IQ work. test. Okay, yeah. everybody, haters, we're all gonna live stream our fucking IQ test. Like, it's, <laughs> nah. it, it's it's so it blows my mind that people they they just don't listen to the things I tell them. They don't yeah. listen. 
It's so like people I, in Ethereum, people in Ethereum think they're better than Hex. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's analyze this shit real quick, okay? Hex launched complete. Did Ethereum launch complete? No. The SEC declared uh, the that Ethereum launch was an unregistered security offering, which okay. is illegal, by the way. And they just chose not to prosecute. Did they understand anything like that about Hex? No, they haven't. And I've got opinion letters that indicate that they shouldn't because Hex is not a security. Uh, Ethereum was supposed to be unstoppable computing, but then it stopped and they hard forked with a default carbon vote where the guy who set the default actually just decided how the network would work out because no one actually voted. So whoever set the default just won. <laughs> then they said that it would be unstoppable computing. But even in our own Hex design, we had to change our code because they changed the computing and stopped some contracts from working by changing the price of storage loading. So the S load function increased in price by three times in gas. Well, that's funny that they broke working applications at the fucking developer level. Oh, well, that doesn't sound like unstoppable computing to me. And then their pitch was world computer only does a million transactions a day. Simple sends, obviously not a world computer, actually more than simple sends maybe, but you know, in between one and 3 million, you can't exceed that. Two, oh, we're going to do just DAOs. No, you guys had a DAO and everyone lost their fucking money, which is the reason they did the hard fork, right? Mm -hmm. So Ethereum has lied a lot and missed all of its deadlines. Its price performance has sucked dick. It went to 1,500 and then dropped 95% and is now still down 80% now. Still down after three years, 80%. Is Hex down 80% after three years? No. Hex is doing good. It's down like half from its all-time high a couple months ago. So Hex has a better price chart was more honest about why it's designed, came out with more security, did exactly what it said it was going to do. The user experience has been superior. You don't have anyone holding a fucking bag down uh, 80%. Nobody. Vastly superior from price performance, more honest, more honest things said on the website, actually talks about price like it really exists, actually talks about the price going to zero, actually has fucking audits like done on it. The actual Ethereum code itself isn't fully audited. There's no security audit for the Ethereum code itself. There's a security audits for shit on top of Ethereum. The good news is that if Ethereum fucked up, the type of fuck ups it has would not affect Texas supply because our consensus code is locked. We know what our consensus code looks like. So if Ethereum has some fuck up, it's unlikely to affect Texas supply. So like for ETH people to talk shit about what I built, I'm just like, are you not paying attention? The price is better. The honesty is better. The location of the honesty is better. The opinion letters are better. The SEC has not written anything saying shit like it has about you guys. Mm -hmm. So who, who the fuck here is the scammer? Who's the scammer here? You guys that change your narrative eight times or the bag holders that are down 80% or the fact that the only people that actually use your network are doing shit real similar to what I'm doing. Hmm. Right. But these motherfuckers try and gatekeep my project. And I'm just like, y'all got no goddamn idea what the fuck you're talking about. I, yeah. This is a superior project with superior price performance and superior fucking properties and has a superior fucking disclaimer on the homepage. How dare you say anything about what I built? You fucks you. How about you go put that fucking flash crash shit on your homepage, motherfuckers? How about you go pay some security auditors, motherfuckers? I did. How about you bitches? So it's like... The fact that these fucks gatekeep and all the other fucks, right? How many shits get broken in crypto on a daily? Mm -hmm. All the fucking time. KuCoin, mm -hmm. KuCoin. Y'all going to gatekeep us, right? Y'all ain't listed hex, right? But y'all just lost a couple hundred million dollars, didn't you? Didn't you? Mm -hmm. Didn't you motherfuckers just lose a couple hundred million dollars? 
didn't you just get hacked? But you gatekeep us. Pro tip, every dollar that didn't go into your exchange that went to hacks instead didn't just get fucking hacked. Yep. How dare these motherfuckers just disgust me. Like they know more about crypto than me. I was born in this shit. They were fucking just arrived here, <laughs> right? Like blows my mind. Yeah. Motherfuckers ain't mind full blocks. I mind full blocks. They just full they, blocks, bitch. Raise your raise your <laughs> hand if you invented a cryptocurrency with new game theory and new code. Okay, raise your hand if you just copy pasted some shit. Now you think you're hard. Litecoin, Charlie, copy paste boy. You ain't inventing a new game theory, bitch. Yeah. You didn't do shit. Yeah. I did. This is fucking crazy to me. And we ain't even gotten into no... toilet paper rolls yet. That's right. They, <laughs> they have. Well, I'm sure Charlie's in a rough spot there. Uh, like... <laughs> it just offends me. It, it offends me that they don't respect someone that's been right so many fucking times. And then they, they, they just, they well, think that they're my equal. They think the they're my fucking beginning. equal or on the same playing field. You're like, guys, we're not even on the same playing field. I wrote self-help books and retired at, at 25 years old. You know, you fuck boys retire at 25. Fuck all you people. Show me your self-help books. Fuck boys. Show me the hundreds of emails you get from people's lives. You positively affected. Fuck all these fucking pieces of shit. And I get called a scammer. I'm not the one. I'm not the one making people's lives fucking better on the regular. Now, how many of these pieces of shit tell you not to trade? Hmm. Hmm. Right. So I live a better life. I have a better product. I have a better project. I have a better price chart. I have better disclaimers. A better opinion letter. It's all fucking better. These fucks so, will realize it at some day. Let's circle. Or we'll just back. keep shoving it down their throat and just be like, "Yo, let's hey. circle back." Because Richard, <laughs> it's gonna be. Sweet, sweet victory in the future. I mean, it, it's, it may yeah. take some time for them to, to realize it. Going back to going back to the very beginning when you hopped on, if we we, we got to focus on those positive things, right? I mean, we've sure. we've got so much good going, so mm -hmm. much good that yeah, that shit sucks to be gatekept and to be whatever talked down by people who are a bunch of little bitches. Yeah. But at the same time, it'll make it that much sweeter later. Well, look, this is what's beautiful about Uniswap is that now that that's where all the liquidity is, that's where all the intelligent traders will go. And that's where Hex has been the fucking leader. Hex popularized it. Yep. And Hex is there. By the way, have they sent you a thank you letter for that yet? <laughs> well, they didn't. But, you know, apparently the uh, Hexicans were well rewarded for participating. Yes, they in were. Uniswap. We sure apparently were. 50 million uh, uni tokens were given to liquidity providers that gave liquidity to Uniswap by their percentage of total liquidity in Ethereum terms before September 1st or September 6th or whatever. I think it's September 1st. Yep. So the Hex liquidity providers got millions and millions of dollars of free Uni tokens. Yep. So that was nice of them because yep. they didn't have to do that. So they, God, didn't, they didn't add Hex to the search bar, uh, the default search bar. They didn't do that. But they did give the Hex liquidity providers millions of dollars of free Uni tokens. We'll take so, it. I'll take that. Yeah. We'll take it. Keep us off. Keep us off the list. That's fine. I uh, onboarded a no, no coiner not too long ago, and he got to claim his 400 uni. Um, and <laughs> it was pretty sweet because today he just dropped another five grand on top of his sell of his uni token. So we had 6,500 bucks that he just dropped into the AA today. It was a pretty sweet day. I think the Hex ecosystem has absorbed millions and millions of free dollars of money from that uni token. Yep. So it's like... Yep cool it's interesting dump that, dump that yeah. shit for hex as soon as i got yeah. it it was awesome 
I had been promoting months and months and months ago that people should have more than one MetaMask. They should have on multiple different browsers. Uh, uh, I even made videos about how to do it. And because of that, and I was a liquidity provider, I mean, like thousands of uni became from just trying to teach other people about hacks. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this is awesome. And then it became hacks and stake. So it multiplies on top of that. So you can't really go wrong. People, people say there's no such as thing as free money. And you're like, Mm. <laughs> actually yeah i had man. a i had a big uh, <laughs> got a bunch of it <laughs> trying to convince my brother-in-law to claim it and that it was completely legit was like like <laughs> i let him trade five dollars on uni token he's like wait a second i got 1500 bucks for this i was like yeah dude <laughs> like no way there's no way and then he like traded it for ethereum he sent it to his coinbase account and he was like when I could just cash this out right now, I'm like, dude, you can do whatever you want with it. He was like, what the? He's got like five Ethereum. He's like looking out his blind dollars or something yeah. like that. Because he, <laughs> he bought some when it was like five cents for a transaction. And it was yeah. like, it was insane. It was like, he got 1500 bucks for free pretty much. I was experimenting yeah, well, giving away wallets. And so even because I was giving away $5 worth of hex, I was like, oh, let me just set this aside. Because I'll give away five dollars worth of hacks, but it became worth you know fifteen hundred dollars just because of, of yeah. addresses. Now I have to admit, Richard, with you on the stream, I've got a guilty conscience here. I got to admit, I sold a little bit of hex, but it was only so I could have the transaction fee um, gas that it cost <laughs> yeah. to stake longer out. That's the only reason I sold it. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Give me okay. your address, bro. I yeah, I sold <laughs> and kept gas just for the upcoming staker app and things like that. Yeah. I know we're going to have to sell some just to get the, 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 um, the ETH to, to, to stake. That, so I, I was, I just was made aware that this is the first time crypto coffee and Richard Hart have done a stream together. Oh, I, you know, these two brains, the brains, Oh. Of, of of hex are together now. I've always it's wanted to see what would happen. You know, it's like some it's kind the of best uh, hairstyle of hex. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm starstruck, man. I'm just so nervous. I'm, uh, I've been simping over Richard for so long. <laughs> you fucked up. That that's a word now. Like, yeah, right. Simp is a word now. That's a, that's a word. Maybe you should go start an OnlyFans, man. <laughs> Anything to be able to buy more hex, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, but it is pretty cool, man. I don't think we've ever been on the same uh, same stream before. So true, true. And you're not even weird colored. You're like normal colored. Yeah. yeah. Your cam. <laughs> I'm not red today. Not streaming from hell. Yeah, I was gonna say he was he was hiding in the in the uh, burning down buildings of Chicago. <laughs> oh, man. Kind of stream. Yeah. It's hard to get my internet connection going when everything's on fire and <laughs> riots outside. Dead bodies oh, in the street. Yeah. So, like, I, uh, the thing, I think one of the things that I like to see is new addresses entering AA. Because that is, I think, like, the closest metric that I have for like real user adoption or new stakes being made, I guess as well. But then you have to look at like when the coins required shit like that. Right. So I'm always looking for ways to like measure how well user onboard is going. And like, there's so much fucking bots in telegram chat. It's like the whatever it's like hard. There actually is a combat stat. That's pretty good which is like what percentage of your new users actually type. It's called conversion. 
so there's like a conversion stat in combat that that you can like guess you know because i guess most bots don't type or some shit so i guess that's one way to try and guess like how it's going but that's another thing about hex is it's like if someone buys in and stakes and then just goes about their life are they not a user anymore no they're still a user they're, they did the best thing they could they staked now they're just living their life so it's hard to get like it's hard to get good user metrics is what i'm saying you know is there anything in telegram that clears people out after you know x months of inactivity no yeah you could probably build something but why like what should we want to reduce your user count why doesn't everyone else think that would look shit (laughs) well i think it automatically does if you're if they're dormant in their room for 12 months and it drops them oh it's at least there uh maybe yeah yeah there is yeah okay so if an account is dormant for default a year in telegram it like deletes all your shit i think yeah good Um, point so so there uh Steph is saying that we've on we have an onboarding metric in staker unique addresses are staked and it's been increasing over the past few weeks. Nice. Dude. Uh, I also saw like 530 wallets that were created in the last 24 hours. So that's pretty but like we see it usually maybe 50. So it's a uh, 10 X just today. So that's pretty, uh, they're all mine. I was doing yeah. trading on Uniswap, hoping they do another airdrop. Oh, what's well, dumb. <laughs> why, why would they do that? I did experiment that one. I don't know. I don't, I don't why know. Why would they do another airdrop? I don't know. Yeah. We well, finally started getting referrals again. You know, for, yeah. a, for a while, it was Dex's, or it was sex, uh, centralized exchanges competing to bring their users over to their newer platform. That's how Binance rose. Do you see the same kind of rise in competition from other VCs that want to mimic the, uh, the Uniswap? Uh, oh yeah, everybody's jumping on that dick. Like everybody's jumping on Uni's dick like crazy, which is good. Like good, let let everyone use decentralized systems instead of shit, exit scam, hack the fuck out of it, mm-hmm. Cryptopia, KuCoin, Cripsy, Quadriga CX, Mount Gox, fucking like, okay, how many hundreds of millions, right? We don't need that shit. That that's the opposite of why crypto was invented. So, let's move away. You know. Um, what do you think about changing the front end though? Because they turned which off. Front end? Well, they turned off the visibility to V one to have everybody go over to V two. They wanted liquidity to go to V two and so forth. Like I uh, next is going to be V three, and they'll turn off V two. That's only nine. I think Ethereum. it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Because every time that there's a price difference between a DEX and another DEX, someone has to spam up the chain to equalize those distances and ARB the two systems. And those ARB guys, if you don't need them, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. It's just inefficiency. So if you if you, so V2 ends up costing a little more gas, but gets people better prices because it can route over multiple pairs and, and support multiple native pairs instead of having ETH as a native pair for everything. So you can have like a USDC, USDT pair without ETH being involved. Whereas you had to route through ETH and pay twice the fees previously. So your 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 effective fee wasn't 0.3%, it was 0.6% if you, if you traded a non-ETH pair on V1. But V2 doesn't have that problem. So it's more efficient price-wise. It pumps your uni token, which a lot of people got for free. Um, and it, it reduces 
complexity for the end user because there's not a pop-up that says, hey, you know, you can get a better deal in V1, which I think it still might do that anyway. Might still do that yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. Like if I was in charge of, of that front end, I would probably deprecate V1 um, and, and stick everyone in V2. Like in Hex, there's like 10,000 roughly ETH on the V2 pair and nine ETH on the V1 pair. So which, you, what do you think you're going to get better order execution on the 10,000 ETH or the nine ETH? Do you think you would still want um, like to be able to put liquidity on V1 or V2 when V3 can. comes out in the future, let's say? You still can. V1 will never go away. It'll you never go can. away, right? So yeah, if V3 does something stupid and you know they add an admin key later on, then... Well, V2 will also be there. You can't you yeah. can't kill V2 either. You can't kill V2, you can't kill V1. The admin key doesn't have power to kill it. Um, it just has power to jack LPs after the switch is turned on. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what properties V3 might have if it comes out, which probably will. Um, what are your thoughts about flash loans? Because I know that that was something you were curious about on V2. They're great. Um, they're useful. And any system that uses a time-weighted average price will be immune to fuckery from them. There's no difference between getting a flash loan and just being a whale. If you're a whale, you don't need a loan. You just have enough to move the market around. If you're broke, well, then you need a flash loan to try and act like a whale. So any system that's resistant to whale manipulation will be resistant to flash loan manipulation. And I mean, you've, you've seen an increase in the ability to take flash loans by a factor of 10 because liquidity increased by a factor of 10. There's a billion dollars of ETH there now. And I haven't seen any reports of anyone using that ETH, that extra ETH availability, availability on V2, which equates to extra flash loan ability. I haven't seen anyone using that extra flash loan ability manipulating any projects recently because i think all the low-hanging fruit of non-time weighted easy to shove around order books probably already got like eaten up or, or it could be wrong and you know they just haven't happened yet but time weighted average price solves those loan problems because you try and take a loan well first off your loan has to be repaid at the end of the block mm-hmm. at the end of the transaction so you can only manipulate for 13 seconds which is like average block time so it's like I mean, I, 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 time-weighted average price solves flash loan fuckery. Because <clears throat> if you try and fuck around with price and push it somewhere it doesn't belong, someone can argue out against a real market, and put it to where it does belong and make the difference. So, so I answered my own question in regards to flash loans. <laughs> I, I forgot that time-weighted average price solves the fuckery because you can only get a flash loan for a few seconds. <clears throat> That's why they're called flash loans instead of normal loans. Any other questions, homies? So we had a I'm question here. in here. Are you familiar yep. with the Naga tribe? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> These videos are that fucking video? hilarious. I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad he's doing hex videos because you just laugh your ass off the whole time. It's great. <laughs> yeah. His videos are just fucking hilarious. I hope he does prosperity ash. I hope he lights the candles. I fucking just <laughs> great. It's just fucking hilarious, man. Good. Two fingers in the fucking camera. <laughs> we better hope this ain't a scam I am not a financial advisor but I am a crypto commander and I command you like, <laughs> god damn yeah. I mean there ain't anything funnier in crypto videos it's like Bizanchi's videos which he stopped making and then uh, Naga Bo's videos Naga Tribe hilarious nothing funnier absolutely nothing funnier 
<laughs> so I love that he has hacks on it and I love that he's doing hex videos now. I think he'll have a lot more fun in this community than he was having in the XRP one. Maybe the anger, man. The anger, I think, brings it out of him, too, because you could tell that he was getting pissed about the XRP dudes back in the day. Like, you better yeah, own it. Because like, <laughs> this is a scam. Like, what, what was this quote? It's like... Let me, yeah, let me remember the quote. I can't remember what the quote was. Either this is a scam or we're going to get rich because the truth comes <laughs> yeah. out. I got Lambo Where's dreams, bitch. Where's the bank money? Where's the bank money? <laughs> That's what he was saying. Where's the bank money? <laughs> so good. It's so <laughs> good, dude. Did uh, Hexologist figure out the 24-hour stream schedule or anything like that? Is that no, is it keeps saying 12 here? before and 12 after. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, 12 before, 12 after. So you, uh, you, I'm going to do the, like a Google Docs, like you said. Mm -hmm. So you'll yes. sign up, everybody. Good. So, I took yeah. off work. I'm excited, man. Did you? I tried to make it uh, the whole time, but you heard it here first. Guys. Need a crypto coffee. Yeah. Can you believe this shit's in like 40 plus days? It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. So close. Yeah. I mean, in crypto time, that's like tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean. Fuck. I look back at my first videos. I look like such a young lad. <laughs> <laughs> You're so aged. I've aged. <laughs> aged me. Really cool. I got gray hairs. You know, cool. you know what I never noticed that, that just occurred to me? We used to have so many haters in chat. Constant. Oh, yeah. They They're don't not even... there anymore. No. Yep. We don't have the persistence. They don't have the, uh, the time span to just hang out and hate for that long. Yeah, like the hating That's energy like funny goes away. I've noticed like, it on your stream, especially Richard. Oh when yeah, we used stream. to get a lot on my stream. Mm -hmm, so much yeah. less now. Like, yeah. Maybe like very, it. very few, if any. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of neat. I mean, I guess that means we're winning, right? They just run out of fud gas. Well, the yeah. average you don't need fud too. to hate. <laughs> just keep hating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so like, few of those because it's I've been. Funny. I've been insulated from all the drama on other products or, or exchanges or, I mean, there's been a lot that my Zen has come into being in Hex more than the fear of being in other cryptos. You know? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. give a fuck what other, other projects do. It's like, yeah. great. Yeah. I, I don't care. I've seen, I've seen the haters come and go so many fucking times. I just can't care. Well, um, it's crazy how much they love a project that's not completed. It's like, dude, or it's one that not doesn't exist. Completed. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. love hey, buying shit that doesn't money. exist. Some people are in yeah. low ADA so much. Been going yeah. for like, how many times do people bought shit that didn't exist and it goes to zero? Yeah, all the time. Mm -hmm. How many times people buy shit that just launched and it goes to zero? Yeah. All the time. My More so than ever. Thing, my or just he's watching those influencers you. apologize all the time now. Watching them There's get one. on stream and just start drinking. Oh, wow. There was a guy that apologized and says he's on, on board with Hex now, some trader guy. Yeah. But yeah. I still have the same policy with traders. I ain't going to follow you. Because yeah. it's only a matter of time before you sell your bag and shit talk. That's what you're going to do. That's what every trader does. At some point, trader fucking decides to take profit and starts talking shit, trying to get any cheaper. Oh, talk shit, talk shit. Like, nah, we're going to skip the unreasonable hype, and then we're going to skip the fucking FUD phase. We're just going to skip both of those phases. Yeah. So you don't need to tell me about million-dollar hex, each coin being worth a million. Right. I don't need to hear that. And I don't need to hear all the FUD shit either. Just yeah. So you can onboard yeah, users yeah. from from wherever, but not not from me. Well, I I onboarded my accountant today. We were talking about 
reviewing 2019 taxes and I told him about how Hex replaces a product of the bank with trustless interests. And he's like, oh, tell me more. And he goes, you know, a couple of years ago, he's an old gentleman. A couple of years ago, I would have thought, oh, you're, you're, you're making risky investments with this Bitcoin stuff because he started he, he actually became my accountant because I said, OK, 2017, I need someone who's willing to take this on. And so he actually became my accountant then. And even then he was like, oh, man, that's it's risky. Just make sure you're letting the IRS know about it. And now he's like gung ho, like, hey, I got some money to throw at it. Can you teach me some stuff? And I'm like, absolutely. And just trying not to give him the information overload, though. That's the only problem is there's so much game theory to eggs. It's like, yeah. Let's stick only to the important stuff. And you important. and you don't realize how much it takes to get that into your brain. Cause like you start yeah. telling somebody and you're like, and then the shares, and then yeah, the, no, you, can't, you can't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you're losing right did away. I just overdo it? Did I overdo it for you, dude? Cause yeah. they're just like, uh <laughs> no, when's the um, when's the Skyvive book coming out, Richard? When's the published version? I haven't fucking like I got it back from the editor and I never even bothered to like read his edits yet <laughs> so, that'd be good that'd be like, good uh, that'd be a good stocking book you know put it in the christmas stocking if, uh, for people that care about it. oh, it's very unlikely to come out by then because right oh, now yeah. i'm just focused on hacks man 100 wake up hacks go yeah. sleep hacks dream hacks like I, <laughs> that shit just has to wait yeah. So do I. <laughs> I yeah, hate to admit too. this, but man, I, I wake up with like the biggest smile on my face, and I'm like, "Oh man, it it, it hasn't come true yet. <laughs> it was just a <laughs> dream." Cannot wait for that. I, I don't think people understand how good Hex actually is. Like, yeah. the supply is inflating like fuck right now. It stops mm-hmm. doing that in 45 <laughs> days. Exactly my point, guys. It's exactly my point. It freaking yep. stops. Yep. Like. Can so, you say in politics, but can you say if you think it's better for Hex if one party gets in office as president versus another party? Just the general. Well, term. I mean, Trump shit talked Bitcoin as hard as it could be shit talked publicly. Said it was for fucking money laundering and terrorism and shit. And who the fuck knows what else? So I posted in that thread, wrote down the price. I was like, yo, today's date is X and the price is like $11,249. You'll want to remember that. Might have been $11,294. Um, you'll want to remember that for prosperity because um, that shit is likely to continue to go up. So right now it's not. Trump could tweet back and be like, yo, bitch, still bag holding? <laughs> like, no, I'm not, but I get your point. <laughs> He's going to use his last oxygen molecule in the fucking emergency room bed to tweet that shit out. Uh, <clears throat> so... <laughs> Yeah, when you when you put like remind me in a year, you like want your shit to be in the direction that you'd predicted a year ago. But so, like, do you uh, realize, Gary, that you just said what government is better for crypto? I say what government. it's still government. Period. One side or the other is still what government is better. I mean, for my crypto. my gut feeling is the Republicans yeah. are going to let corporations ass rate people harder and. Banks are primarily corporations, and the biggest onboarding problem we have for new users is the regulations the banks are facing. If the regulations the bank were facing were more friendly, the banks would be able to onboard crypto users and companies easier. They'd make money on it. The crypto companies would make money on it, and the world would get onboarded faster. So I think the Republicans, due to their pro-corporate, anti-human stance, are much better for crypto price and onboarding. Um, but the humans that don't get into crypto... 
they're probably also better for cash advance loan scam onboarding of people, right? So like, yeah, I, I don't think that the Democrats do a lot that's pro-business shit. I think the Republicans are better. I'm not saying it's better for society, but it's better for crypto for sure. Just let the banks fucking have more leeway and then we can get more crypto bank accounts and we can, because like, look at this, man. Why can't you just go buy Bitcoin at fucking 7-Eleven? Which you used to be able to for like a few months. I'm not sure they still do it, but it, because some regulatory bullshit. I, the fact that people consider selling someone your private keys money transmission is gross to me. That doesn't make sense. So like if I, if I sell you my cell phone and you install PayPal on it and you transfer money, is that a money transmission? Because you use my phone to do it? Is that like a money kiosk? My phone, a mini kiosk. Can I not sell my phone now? Can I sell my computer? Can I sell my laptop? Or am I enabling like money transmission when I sell my laptop? Okay, can I sell a hardware wallet? Because that's used to transmit crypto. Hmm. Can I sell like a pencil? Because people could write down their private keys or they could write down their credit card numbers. Like at what point do we stop with this meta crime bullshit where things that are not crimes are treated like crimes? You sold someone the fucking your Bitcoin. Okay. So what? Who was harmed? Who was harmed? Okay, no one was harmed. Well, then why are we pretending that, that shit's a crime? It's not a crime. It's bullshit, right? Like, the fact that people, like, the concept that you can't just sell your crypto to whoever the fuck you want is disgusting to me. It's your property, and you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want to do with your property. There ain't no law in regards to who you can sell your laptop to. There ain't no law in regards to who you can sell your pencils to. And there shouldn't be no fucking law in regards to who you can sell your Bitcoin to. Period. Period. So, and, and, if, you, and if you think about it, you're not, even, you're not even actually selling your Bitcoin. Because you're not handing over your private keys usually. And I, and, I, and I would hope that the law would even respect that difference between the sale of a private key and issuing a a data state update to a, a networked consensus system saying that these tokens of value are now held by a different private key, which is what is commonly called a send in Bitcoin. You send from one address to another. The law in this is just totally fucking backwards and wrong. Like you can't even actually own a private key. You can't actually even own a Bitcoin. You think you own a Bitcoin? Why do you think you own it? How do you know someone else doesn't own it? Because you think you're the only person that has that private key? Well, how good are you at computer security? How locked down is your endpoint? How dare you say you're the only person with that private key? You don't fucking know. Your shit could have been hacked for the last six months and lots of people have that same private key. So who owns the coins now? So this concept of like owning a Bitcoin is very stupid to me because you think you possess it. You don't fucking possess it. The blockchain possesses it. All you have is a private key and you don't know how many other people have it. And you don't have any way to prove no one else has it. Period. So what makes you think you own it? So this this concept that you can even own a Bitcoin is like, you you really can't. You can't actually own a Bitcoin. You can pray and hope and think that you're the only person that has a private key, but you don't know. You don't know that the random number generator you used to generate that private key wasn't buggy and didn't have obvious patterns. That has happened before on Android wallets with old shitty versions of SSL they were using to generate keys. So. I understand crypto better than other people do and I can educate them and they should respect that and learn from it. 
half you guys on this call right now probably learned something about what it is to own a Bitcoin you'd never thought about before. You can't actually own a Bitcoin. It's not possible. You can just hope you're the only person with a private key. I'm hope I'm open to counter arguments. So KuCoin didn't lose $150 million? Well, they never had it really, right? Exactly. They just had the keys. Exactly. So they, they lost access. <laughs> KuCoin, KuCoin, KuCoin thought that they owned those, but then discovered that they didn't own them when they left what they thought was their control. They never actually controlled them or they like, it's like the, the reason this is important is because changes in ownership state have legal consequences. Mm -hmm. So when people say, what did you know or didn't know? And when did you know it or not know it? And we're going to vary your criminal penalty based on that. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Ben's Rea. It's like what, what was in the mind of the man during the event. That's the difference between, you know, murder, first degree and manslaughter, right? Was there premeditation, shit like that. So it, it's like people just don't understand crypto, man. They think you can like own a Bitcoin. You really can't. You can just hope that you're the only one with a private key. You're not versed enough in computer security to know that that random number generator you used didn't just bust out a copy to the developer. How do you know you're, how do you know when you use MetaMask that it didn't just give a copy to the MetaMask company? You trust, you hope. And a lot of, a lot of crypto is based on that shit. People don't talk about it. They're like, yeah, it's worked out really well because they haven't been evil. But if they decide to be evil, a lot of people are going to lose money. <laughs> miners too. Same with the miners. Miners could just get together and be like, yo, this guy's address, fuck that guy. We're never going to let him mine a block. And then you're calling up mining hardware companies like, hey, man, can I buy some mining hardware? Because uh, I really want to mine my block. There's a whole lot of trust in, in crypto that people don't get. But, but it's like, it's okay because we work on the Pareto principle. Like, if you, if you don't lock the door to your house, is your house getting instantly fucking emptied of everything in it? No, because this shit just usually doesn't happen. Are successful companies usually installing malware and emptying their customers for their property? No. Or Microsoft could fucking hack everybody, right? Microsoft could just be like, yo, we got all your nudes. We got all your nudes and all your passwords to everything ever. It was hack the whole planet at once, right? This shit just doesn't happen. They could do it. They could push a fucking malicious update with Windows uh, fucking Defender and be like, yo, we're protecting you from a virus, but really we're actually hacking your shit. Anybody could do that, right? How often do you check your keyboard to see if there's something in between your keyboard connection and your PC? Logging. Dude, crypto's yeah, made me how, so paranoid. How often do you check for a video camera in your workspace? How often do you check that there's no cell phones resting on the desk you type on using the, the accelerometer to, to know your keystrokes? I mean, I could go down the list if you want to talk about endpoint security oh, and I how many ways there are to exfiltrate data. <laughs> you can exfiltrate data at the power line I'm too power supply. Oh yeah, some of radio guys did that, right? In an they air gap caught. computer. They in got an air gap computer, you can exfiltrate data out of the power line. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Uh, I think some Iranian guys got caught doing that. They worked for the power company and they were caught like mining Bitcoin from it or something. Like th there's so much. So my, my point is like, if ever someone, a good wholesome person is attacked by the government, there's a lot of defenses that aren't being used that should be being used which I find regretful because I, I prefer that the, the humans gain more power usually. 
and more autonomy and more freedom. As long as it's not hurting anybody, more, more free humans, better. Um, and then, you know, the second thing is when you understand the security well enough, like, okay, so let me, let me, let me point out the other side of this. So I just gave you like a parade of imaginary horribles. Now let's talk about like the reality. Who's the last person that you heard that like actually got hacked? I saw one guy that went on a website and typed his private keys into it. Okay. I saw that. That's very stupid. And he kind of knew it was fucked up when he was doing it and did it anyway. And then what else? I've heard like one or two or three guys talk about like somehow their MetaMask got hacked and they don't know how. And then one guy said it was like a clogger. And that's it. I have not heard of like any, you know, this wallet just fucked everyone at once. The, like MetaMask fucked. Like none of those things. I've never heard of them happening ever in any industry, not banking, not crypto. No. Just never seen it. Right. Just a so, few of those SIM card deals too. Well, I mean, that SIM card deal is that someone that wasn't you had your keys in the first place. And then <laughs> use the dumbest two-factor possible with your phone instead of an actual Google uh, authenticator. And then yeah. since anyone can change who has control of your phone number, then they just act like you with the service provider. So you shouldn't have had your keys on a service provider, and the service provider shouldn't have used shitty 2FA. And that's all the SIM swaps are every single time. Yeah. If you control your keys, SIM swap doesn't matter at all. Like, oh, you got my number, and so what? We can do with it. Can't do shit with it. Um, so, so SIM swaps are only a problem because people don't have their own fucking keys. If you had your own keys, SIM swap don't matter. Um, yeah, so, so the most important part, like crypto is very secure. Otherwise, people would be losing a lot more money. They would, you would be hearing about motherfuckers crying all the time about how much they lost. It's actually very rare. It's less common than you would expect. I would expect more people to be losing money, really. Mm -hmm. It's weird that it's as secure more as More people is. accidentally lose money in crypto than get hacked. Yeah. 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 Well, they say that they got hacked or someone stole their shit, but really they lost. They sent it to the contract address or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or to a so, wrong wallet. Yeah. I mean, like how many people have actually had hex stolen? Very few. One guy, one or two guys. That like type their fucking seed words to somebody. Yeah. Some guys that just sent their hacks to scammers for like fake offers of shit. A lot more people that traded their hacks for fake tokens or tokens. They yeah. That's probably the big, the biggest number of hacks lost is people buying. They're not comfortable with the mad gains and hacks. So they want to try and outperform hacks and then they just lose it all. And the people that got their coins, they fucking sell them. So they hurt the hex price and they empty their wallets. And they don't get any money back. Don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you if you're buying something that looks like an ICO because it's an ICO, how do ICOs work out? Well, ninety nine percent of the time they work out with the ICO founders taking all the money mm -hmm. and the people that gave them that money getting nothing in return, literally nothing. Except they waste their time for a couple of years hoping they're gonna get something. Please, please, I hope it works out. So stupid. Like they didn't learn anything from twenty seventeen. They're not learning anything from the rug pulls of twenty twenty. <laughs> hey, look, a new token's on Uniswap. Hey, all the liquidity's gone. Shit. So like no, like a normal crypto chart, you're like, oh, Dogecoin. Okay. So it's like a big rise up and then like a fast rise down. But then with this rug pull shit, it's like big rise up and then literally vertical instant zero. <laughs> like no fucking, no no granularity at all in the downswing. Just like zero instantly. Yeah. It's just like Bart fucking hilarious. The Bart Simpson. And there's trap contracts. So like I, I know somebody that analyzes these trap contracts as like 
almost a full-time job. And they have all types of different ways to, to trigger the contract to steal the money. Some of them are based on block timestamp. Some of them are based on if an admin causes it to occur. Some of them are based on if a certain amount of time passes, it just exit scams. They're literally trap contracts people set up. They're like, oh, we're going to do anything. Hey, it's on you, swap. And then people put in money, and then they're fucking, they're, they're just, they go to sell, and there's nothing left. They lock the fuck out. And it's literally like a warning when you go to Uniswap, when you paste a contract address in, it's like, yo, you know, you might not be able to sell ever. <laughs> it just warns you right there. These people, they're like, oh, oh God, I got to gamble. I got to fucking, yeah, yeah, I might make up a 20 million X. And you're like, how many rug pulls do you need to say? How yeah. many negative 99.999% do you need to see? Like, stop doing that stupid shit. Hex did so many things right. And then people do well in Hex and then think that magically somehow everyone else isn't trying to fuck them because Hex didn't fuck them. But no, everyone else is trying to fuck you. Believe me, like they really are. Are they are they taking your money? Is are they are they doing an unregistered security offering where they're taking your money and they're going to do work for it? Okay, well that's illegal. That's not legal. So that's step one: is it's fucking illegal, right? Step two: how often does that work out for people that they build what they say they were going to build? Never. <laughs> okay. Well, do you get the idea yet? And then who whose face is behind it, and what history did they have? Do they have a history of winning a lot or do they have a history of fucking up? So like, hmm. <laughs> and then just, it's very hard to talk people out of stupid. It's very hard. I had a conversation yeah. with that today about, uh, there was a guy that was asking about it here on DLive. And he said that like, like what what's the importance of it being completed? And I was like, well, dude, 99.99% of all of the projects that have ever started in crypto are not, they're just not complete and they never finish like, Oh, give us your money and then we'll, we'll produce something. It's like, that that's not how you should be. Rewarded. It's like the XRP dream. Oh, we're banks, banks one day, banks one day, <laughs> yeah. banks one day, yeah. banks one day. Yeah. Well, well, why well, not? Like, now? Are, yeah. Well, and even the banks that are using their technology have nothing to do with the coin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and already exactly. in less than a year in its launch phase, hex, has better track record than any other crypto out there. I've never seen a crypto stay. It's got a better track record than Bitcoin. It does. Yeah. Period. Like period. End of story. I mean, did Bitcoin roll back the chain? Yes. Yes. Does Bitcoin had inflation bugs? Yes. Yes. Does Bit like? Does Bitcoin pollute the environment? Like fuck. Yes. <laughs> does, is Bitcoin centralized? And the network level? Yep. Is is Bitcoin development centralized? Yep. Chain code just put on another developer, by the way. They took Peter Woolley from uh from Blockstream. Now they just took another guy from Blockstream as well. Like apparently all the Bitcoin devs are working for chain code now. Better than Blockstream, I guess. But still centralizes shit. Um is it centralized the economic level? Yeah, 42% all coins is in 2000 addresses. So centralized in the network, centralized in development, it's centralized in uh the wallets. You're like, all right. So <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so, so like, yeah. And then, okay. So let's talk about the wallets, right? So how many people have lost like millions of dollars using Electrum because, uh, unpatched older versions of Electrum will talk to servers, which will release, uh, a, a, an erroneous false message that says you need to upgrade. And it's really taking you to something that steals your keys. Yep. And then people will turn on an old Electrum and they'll get the notice they need to upgrade and they'll click it. They'll put their keys in and then they lose all their coins. Some guy just lost like some number of millions of dollars that way from that Electrum hack. Has mm -hmm. hacks had those problems? Nope, nope, but Bitcoin has. 
Bitcoin users lost millions of dollars. Hex users have not. And how many how many hacks was stolen in the KuCoin hack? Zero dollars. How many how many uh, hacks was lost in the Cryptopia hack? Zero. How many was lost in Quadriga CX? Zero. How many how many is going to be lost if Bitmax has a problem? Zero. It's vastly better. It's just fucking better. Has a better track record. If, if you bought in July, if you bought January six and held till today, you forty five extra Bitcoin. If you bought Bitcoin and and held it the same amount of time, you one X'd your Bitcoin. Nothing X'd. You had the same Bitcoin. Didn't grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, did you want the forty five X or the nothing X? I like the forty five. <laughs> and then it's just people need to respect, man. This shit's better than Ethereum. It's better than Bitcoin. It's better than XRP. It's better than Litecoin. It's better than anything else out there, in my opinion. It's amazing. It's working. When you it's say working that, while being gatekept by everybody. They, they scream blasphemy so bad. You could just see it on their faces when you yeah, say it's that. so funny. Like I make an outrageous statement like hex is more secure than Bitcoin. And they and don't they, even engage on the topic. No, they don't. I'm like they go white. I'm like, so seriously, you're just gonna let me say that hex is more secure and you're not even gonna ask me why. You're not even gonna like challenge uh-huh. it. You're just gonna be like, yeah, that's fine. Yep. Are you like Wow, like I don't yeah. get it. Are you that Dismi- scared? They want to or... dismiss it. They don't want to learn. Right. You're like, I understand software security, and we put more effort into it, and we got better results, and we have a more limited attack surface, and we have more modular code, and like you guys don't. You have spaghetti code. So, <clears throat> oh, by the way, we can do two thousand transactions per second. Can you? No. <laughs> so, so X is is different, but they're working on it. <laughs> Uh, different than Bitcoin, but you have a lot of Bitcoin. So, can you explain? Do you think that margin trading, leverage trading in Bitcoin was good for Bitcoin? And thereby, when it comes to Hex, I've heard you talk about you want margin trading, but I think that's kind of like a vindiction, like you're you're hoping people would get wrecked. Do you welcome margin trading in Hex based on Bitcoin experience? Yeah, I do. So look at it this way. BitMEX wrecked 100,000 people, at least. What did they do with that money? They primarily kept that shit in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So what did that do to the Bitcoin price? Because they liked Bitcoin and they held it in Bitcoin. It raised the Bitcoin price because those guys got wrecked. The guys that got wrecked can't sell now. So that, that $500 million of Bitcoin is sitting in the insurance fund, which is really the retirement fund. It's, they can do whatever they want with that money. It's their money. It's company's money. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. They can buy drugs and hookers with that money and nobody will be able to say a fucking word about it. Um, so really, like, if there's a company in your ecosystem sucking up a lot of the native currency of that ecosystem, it matters what they're doing with it. Are they dumping it or are they just holding it? And if they're holding it, then it's good for price. If they're dumping it, it's bad for price. EOS had a crowd sale, generated a lot of Ethereum. What they do with the Ethereum? Sold the fuck out of it. Bought Bitcoin. Heard Ethereum. Helped Bitcoin. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hex got a lot of Ethereum. Still got a lot of Ethereum. Right? Good for the ETH price. So when you see when you see a big liquidity pool that has a lot of ETH and a lot of hex in it, that ETH didn't get sold. It's still ETH. Locked. Can't sell it. So you know, that's good for the, uh, the Ethereum price. And the more, the more projects that have Ethereum as their primary liquidity pair, 
I believe you'll have the same type of ICO bullshit where like people get in and then they go here and then they go there and then they go here and they go there and they just don't sell. And then you keep doing that and the price keeps going up and up and up until you have a fucking blow off candle and then there's no new buyers and then you have a huge dump is what normally happens in most crypto. Um, and I think that the DeFi and million token shit is, should be similar to the 2017 run should be like, Oh, there's a million tokens price go up. Okay. You know, that same type of FOMO shit. So I, I think so your question was like, is margin trading good for X? I believe it is good for X. And I believe it is, it is a good, if speculation is a primary use case for all of crypto and you want to have some centralized entity take more money away from those people than murdering them with fees and allowing them to trade more money than they have by the use of leverage empties their wallets faster. And then the question is, what are the people that are emptying their wallets doing with that money? And if they're holding on to it, then it's better for the price of the whole ecosystem. And it's easier to onboard new users too, because that's what they want. They want to gamble. Okay, well, here's gambling shit, right? So I do my job and tell people not to gamble, but I realize not everyone fucking listens. So So if they're going to, it might as well be. If you're going to gamble, you might as well gamble on hacks because you're less likely to get fucking, you're dealing with, uh, you're dealing with counterparties you're in normal crypto exchange derivative bullshit trading like bitmax the government just arrested one of the founders if they arrest a few more founders the multi-sig stops working so unless those guys hand off their keys to somebody else which gives them access to all the money at some point if you arrest enough employees of that company the fucking multi-sig stops working and then the users don't get paid anymore you don't have that problem in Hex. If you trade Hex on Uniswap, ain't no admin keys, ain't no counterparty risk. You can arrest everybody everywhere and Uniswap still works fine. So it's a, it's a superior risk-free way to trade if you want to trade. Now I'm gonna tell you most people get wrecked trading, so you probably shouldn't do it. But if you're gonna do it anyway, maybe it's better you do it with a counterparty that can't empty your fucking bank account because there's no counterparty. You don't have to. You don't have to pray that some more executives of Bitmax don't get arrested, or else the multi-sig can't send <laughs> send fucking withdrawals anymore. Hex doesn't have that problem. That's a that's a question that I that I had. Uh, a couple of people sent me Twitter threads of like people saying that Uniswap, you know, they're going to come Ooh. after Uniswap yeah. next, and that's the the bit which. Uh, well, I, I well like the the you know ahead, the devs, if they arrest What's the devs or whatever. Yeah, we'll stop the contracts. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm, I know. I, well, I know. I know. I'm just saying. Like, uh, so, so I'm just asking. What's the, to put at ease of everybody's minds? <laughs> I you can arrest Hayden Adams, <laughs> and Noah Zimmerman, and everybody else on the Uniswap team, and it has absolutely no effect on the Uniswap contracts. It may have some effect on their front end that they host at app.uniswap.org, but they already have IPFS hosted versions that are unaffected mm-hmm. by that. So since their front end is already open source and deployed multiple places and on IPFS and their contracts are open sourced and deployed, they're irrelevant. You can arrest them or not arrest them and they have no ability to affect the system in a way that the traders care about. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, I mean, if you looked at the way that the CFTC and the DOJ issued all of their cases, they come in a batch right at the end of September because that's when their accounting year ends. 
and they want to get all that money credited towards that year instead of the next year. So it's actually an accounting. The, the timing by which you see these prosecutions and indictments get unsealed and such is related to the end of the financial year for the enforcement agency, which is kind of interesting. And right. it's more so they can have those funds allocated for the next fiscal year too, because if they don't yeah. use them, they lose them. Yeah, I guess. Um, so like Uniswap is the best we've got as far as peer-to-peer trustless liquid trading goes. And Hex popularized that and, and is a big part of the reason why it's popular today. And it's still a big player in the ecosystem, still top 15 um, usually. Yeah, so I, I think I think trading is the reason that I believe trading is good for hex is because basically margin trading is a tax upon people that don't understand how bad shorting is. Mm -hmm. Because people just can't understand how shitty deal shorting is, the shorts get liquidated forever. And who makes that money? The longs make that money, and the longs also tend to own spot, so that's good for the actual spot price. So. Margin traders getting wrecked being short or just otherwise predicting price incorrectly tends to bring more users to the ecosystem and cause positive price pressure on anything that needs to actually be purchased in order to trade. So if you're if you need gas and Ethereum to pay gas to do this trading shit, it's probably good for the Ethereum price. And uh, gets more people to install Ethereum wallets, easier to onboard, blah blah blah. And if, if shorts keep getting wrecked, that's it. It's like, imagine being short Bitcoin historically. It went up 2 million X. How, how many seconds do you want to be short the thing that went up 2 million X? Not many. The odds are not in your favor. Yeah, imagine if you could have shorted Hex. It went up 116 X in four months. How many people would have been liquidated on that rise? Fucking tons tons mm -hmm. it's just it's like i tell people this a million times i'm going to tell it to you again in case you haven't heard it before if you shorted bitcoin on the 20k tip of the wick at 20,000 and bitcoin went down to zero and you did it with $20,000 you would have made $20,000 you would have doubled your money by shorting 20k and riding that bitch down to zero didn't go to zero by the way but if it did you would have made 20 grand you would have doubled your money but what if you had longed and you didn't even long zero, you longed at $1 and then you wrote it to 20K and you did it with 20,000 bucks. You would have made $20,000 on each Bitcoin and you would have had 20,000 Bitcoin and 20,000 times 20,000 is $40 million. So if you would have invested $20,000 when Bitcoin was a dollar and wrote it to 20K, you made $40 million. But if you shorted the same move and shorted 20K down to zero, you would have made 20 grand. So which is bigger, 40 million or 20 grand? <laughs> 40 million is bigger. And no matter how many times I explain this to people, they don't get it. They just don't get it. They're like, nope, nope. They got to be equivalent. Longing and shorting have to be the same. Like, okay. <laughs> Duh, right. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and I understand that. Like, I, I do get it. People people look for the summit. They're like, no, every long has a short and every dollar lost. Someone else earned it and shit. I'm like, okay, cool story, bro. Cool story. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you feel that way. You got 20 grand. Try the two different examples. You short. You can only short one Bitcoin with 20 grand unless you use leverage. Now, by the way, if you use leverage, <laughs> the numbers get yeah. more in favor of the longs. 
So let's for fun, let's run that model. All right. You, you had 20 grand, but you wanted to short that shit two X. So now you shorted 40 grand of Bitcoin. You shorted two Bitcoin, right? Which means you borrowed two Bitcoin, sold them and had to pay them back later. And then, and this is a Bitcoin denominated contract I'm using in this example. If, uh, and so now you wrote that shit to zero and now you made 20 grand twice because you sold two Bitcoins for 20 grand, which put 40 grand in your account. And then you had to buy back two Bitcoins at zero, which means you got to keep your 40 grand. Congrats. Now let's talk about the long guy. He took two X leverage as well. He put in his 20 grand for collateral and then he bought 40 grand worth of Bitcoin, which was at this dollar price, 40,000 Bitcoin. And then he rode those shits up to 20K. So what's 40,000 times 20K? 80 million. Oh, okay. So now one guy made 80 million and then the shorter made 40,000. In the original example, the shorter made 20K and the, and the long guy made uh, 40 million. So they took on 2X leverage. You see how, so originally the difference was only like 40 million versus 20 grand, which is a difference of like 39,980,000. But now that they both took 2X leverage, the difference is $79,960,000. And, and the more the leverage gets, the more insane the ratio gets. And, the and you're even off by away. a factor of 10, Richard. That's actually 800 million. Which one? At 40,000, 40, 40K times 20K. It's 800 million. Shit. So that even Oops. more, no, well, it actually proves your point even more. my mouth up here hold on <laughs> it just it it accentuates your point even that's 800 million the next degree so, so let's just say longing is a lot better than shorting yeah absolutely mathematically and it doesn't matter what the asset class is it just that's the math so so having margin trading for hex would allow so many mathematically challenged people that just can't fucking listen to me uh lose a lot of money to learn not to short shit because even, even if you're right, like even if you're right and, and the price is going down, there'll still be some scam wick to come get you liquidated. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're like, ah, oh, shit, you're right. The direction was right, but you still got fucked on a mechanic. Like, so it's don't trade, don't short crypto. So, and uh, I, I Murphy's law. It's like what? the Murphy's, it, it's like the Murphy's law. Murphy's law. Murphy's law? No. So uh, Murphy's law means that anything that can go up can so, go wrong will go wrong. So it's like so Arthur's law is a corollary to it. Like if you have margin, you will get wrecked. And what what is it called? Anton's law? Arthur's law. Arthur's law. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I mean, Arthur explains this himself very easily he's like yo we took the world's most volatile asset and then let people take the most leverage on it uh-huh. <laughs> and he talks about everyone getting wrecked and he's like yeah we're a volatility play we make money when the price moves up and down we don't get make money when the yeah. price moves flat to yeah, make wild predictions long or short just to get people to trade he doesn't give a fuck which way you trade he, he just makes money on the volume times the price movement like <clears throat> would you say well, coffee my last question is uh and i gotta sign off um, is do you think that crypto as a whole will always be speculative play? Do you yeah. think it will actually be adoption as like a, something more than speculation? 
Sure, you'll get both. The question is like, who do you think, okay, who do you think makes more money in the world? Derivatives or McDonald's? Derivatives. Yep. Does that mean McDonald's sucks? Like, no, they're both good, but there's just more money in that other crazy shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you'll have real adoption. People will use crypto for games. People will use crypto for darknet. People will use maybe crypto to replace PayPal. Once the, like this shit will happen. Okay, cool. But is that going to outperform speculative cases? Nah, <laughs> nope. For the same reason, PayPal doesn't make more money than, uh, than the fucking derivatives do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, PayPal does a great job right now and they don't make as much money as a lot of other things. So those it's just how it is. I mean, the way that you can think of it is like, okay, the people that make all the money from the shit that actually matters, what do they do with that money? <laughs> they go play in this other game. Mm -hmm. So all the money from the shit that actually matters goes into the second level game. And so even if, even if no matter how much improvement you do in making those like tier one shit that actually matters, people rich, they're just going to put it in the tier two game anyway. So the, the, the money game is the game that the people that actually make a difference in the world play. And there's no way to starve that game. You'd have to make it, people wouldn't have freedom anymore. It'd be the only way to starve that game out. So people are going to play that speculative. The speculative game is always going to have more money in it than the actual make the world a better place game. Because it's a level higher. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, look at it. Like, this is why we have earnings per share ratios that are like a hundred X or so like if you, if you're a normal business guy and you want to sell your business, they'll give you like three years or five years earnings. Mm -hmm. Cool. Right. Or maybe they'll give you three years or five years net. So like, Oh, your business made a hundred grand a year. Okay. You can sell it for half a million and be happy. Or, or you could take your company public and make like 50 years of money or a hundred yeah. years of money. So there's this game that people play where they give you 50 or 100 years of profit up front. Well, shit, that seems like a good game. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, so I could do real business and make one year of money per year. <clears throat> or I could flip my business and sell it for three to five X net. Or I could go public and make like 100 X net. 100 sounds better. Is there hype? Can SoftBank buy it like they did WeWork? Right? Can SoftBank buy it like they did other fucking bullshit scams? What about that Juicero? Right? What about fucking Enron? What about uh, Theranos? I could go down a list of people that have played that game and done very fucking well with scams, and they do very well with non-scams as well. You know, so hey, uh, you know, most successful investor that ever lived. Yeah, he buys publicly traded companies. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Like, why? Because that's where all the money ends up. That's where people end up sticking their yield at some point. So the, the finance game, trading game, speculation game will always be a larger game than the like actually make a difference in the world shit. I think. It seems to make sense to me. I mean, why is cryptocurrency the highest appreciating asset class that's ever existed? It scales without needing any extra employees. It, it you know, has minimum barriers to entry. Well, actually, I'm not sure about that. It actually has a shitload of barriers to entry. It's fucking hard to buy crypto. So that's interesting. Yeah. We don't even have that one going for us. That's actually negative. Thought, I thought, oh, that was positive. No. But, but the interesting thing is, like, once, if that barrier goes away, like Kraken just got actual bank accounts, kind of. They're like a different style of bank. Like they're a bank now, but they can't take 
deposits. It's some weird shit going on in uh, <laughs> Wyoming, but it's improvement at least. Like it, it doesn't appear like they released new deposit and withdrawal options that didn't exist previously. They might be a function of that new bank acquisition. So they might be improving your user experience based on that legal change that they worked for. So more things like that happening, like the government deciding that banks could accept crypto to like hold and shit, that should reduce friction for onboarding, which should amplify the advantage of crypto versus everything else. So whatever whatever runaway crazy awesomeness we had before, if they remove all those barriers to entries, we should fucking have even greater, larger effect of that, in my opinion. So, yeah. I mean, I would love Hex to be able to have a cash on-ramp. You want to buy Hex? Here's where you send your wire transfer. Go ahead. Man, that would that be easy. Now, a Coinbase listing would do that or a similar listing in other like local jurisdictions. But you know what the second next best thing is? Yeah, go buy Ethereum. You got to buy it anyway to make stakes. So just go buy more and transform it into Hex on go.hex.com or uh, you can use app.uniswap.org. Click the search bar, change the list at the bottom, type one inch, and then you can type hex. And that's it. So <clears throat> it's, it's really what is the difference? It's probably, you probably get a better deal buying Ethereum than buying hex directly. Because if you bought hex directly, you're going to get a thin ass order book you're buying into. But if you buy Ethereum and then trade it on the largest exchange pair, which is the, the Uniswap pair that has about 10,000 ETH on it and about a billion hex on it, that's a. 10x more thick order book than whatever your local jurisdiction exchanges at. So I, I think that onboarding new users, it's just easier for them to fucking buy Ethereum to get in than it is to have a native hex pair. So like, <clears throat> I just, I wish we could uh, email everybody's fucking uh, exchange user base without having to dick around with the listing. <laughs> it's just like, give us access to fucking users. We don't care about your stupid listing shit. They can buy ETH. ETH has a thicker order book and Hex has a thicker order book with ETH and it's thicker all the way around and that's the toilet paper roll. So no reason to have a native Hex fucking listing. <clears throat> if they want to do it, it's fine, but it's just easier to buy ETH. Now, one day if Hex isn't on ETH anymore, it's on a different network, then we'll address that issue when it shows up. Because it's at some point, if the Ethereum fees continue to be high, you're like, all right, well, how many stakes are there? I don't know. Does anybody in the call know how many fucking stakes are open right now? How many individual stakes there are? So I don't know what pulled up right now. I thought there was like 160,000, 165. <laughs> That's a lot of stakes. Are you sure about that number? It might be true. It probably is true. Okay, so for giggles, let's say it's 100,000 stakes. Now, what's the average cost to end a stake? Currently. How much? Like well, it's much higher, but recently I haven't ended this day. Well, I, I was going to say, <laughs> never, never tried. <laughs> Let's call it ten bucks for fun. What's one hundred sixty thousand times ten? It's one point six million. So, one hundred sixty nine thousand twenty two open stakes right now, and forty two thousand closed. So let's just count so, the closed ones, right? I mean, so let's say forty two thousand closed stakes times. Let's call it 15 bucks per stake at current rates. Is 46,000, you said? It's 690,000 bucks. So the hexagons are being like leached off of like three quarter of a million dollars 
to pay the Ethereum miners for security. It's not a bad deal considering the market cap's like 1.3 billion or whatever. Um, it's not a bad deal, but at some point, like if you 10 X, there, there is some edge case where Ethereum fees could stay high and you weren't onboarding primarily Ethereum users anymore. And then you'd be like, well, let's save money on Ethereum fees by, you know, the community doing its own layer two, like its own ZK sync that supports contract functions or its own, you know, alternate chain or its own fork, shit like that. Those, those things are all things the community could decide to do if the fees are unbearable. I think the fees are still bearable where they're at now. Um, and I, and I don't know that they will remain high forever. So, I mean, historically these things have tended to come back down. Um, it's just nice that we know that option exists. You can airdrop systems to, to a new system. Well, it's interesting if you staked early in Hex, December, January, February, March, before ETH got really, really expensive, you didn't want to sell your $200 or $400 worth of Hex because it's going to cost money in gas. So it actually was kind of a holding uh, for some low, oh, yeah, low this is, investment. Yeah, this is another thing is that like, if the amount of money that you would get from ending your stake is less than the amount of money of fees, you just don't end your stake. Right. So in effect, for a certain number of stakes, it holds the price of hex up because they're yeah. just going to sit there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then someone would have to chart like how many stakes are in that class and shit like that. I'm, I'm still of the, the very strong belief that the majority of value that's being absorbed into hex economy currently is from people that have had Ethereum for a long time and or otherwise speculate in that ecosystem. And therefore, I, I find it extremely valuable to remain in this ecosystem as long as that is the case. Mm -hmm. So as long as the new users you're onboarding, the whales are ETH whales, or even, I mean, if you want to onboard BTC whales, is there a chain that can actually onboard BTC whales better than Ethereum right now? No, because you can't do, you can't do smart contracts in Bitcoin. You have to do it on Ethereum. So it's the best place to absorb trustlessly Bitcoin energy as well right now. So I think, I think we're going to be on this chain for a while is my guess. <clears throat> but a layer two, a layer two could solve all that, right? Like you could just do a layer two. You're still in the ETH ecosystem. You have the drawback that it's less decentralized, but if the decentralization fails and it just like gets shut down, everyone has to wait two weeks and then they get all their money out because it like times out and then you can just withdraw your money out of the LTA on layer one with a proof. So that's, that's like, the reason that you still have layer one security guarantees with L2s and Ethereum is because after two weeks, you just get your money back or you can withdraw your money out of the L2 from L1 after two weeks has passed. So I'm not, I bet that a layer two like ZK sync or loop ring would be a superior option for hacks for scaling than its own chain. Probably it still depends on where the economic energy comes from. Right? So if you get your own chain, you get all the fucking idiots that are like, Oh, it's better. Cause you got your own chain. You get those guys money, I guess. Yeah. But then, you know, if you, if you want to be closer to all the real big market cap money, which is heck, uh, Ethan Bitcoin currently, the closer you are to that with the less friction, which means be on the same chain, the better. Yeah. So I, I think, 
that actually remain on the ETH chain for as long as the majority of people putting money in are on that chain. That changes and more people are, you know, new to crypto and getting in for the first time, then you could have alternate routes. Can you, you could even, you know, you could actually have a pegging system between two chains and have some speed and throughput and like a smaller automatic market maker on another chain could work as well. So there's, there's other options there. So you've got L2, you've got another chain with pegging, and then you've got full alternate chain. We, what we need to worry about is onboarding the users. We don't need to worry about mm -hmm. that shit currently. New eyeballs is what the Hex community would benefit the most from. Because our, our, we convert. If people see Hex, they like it. They use it. They love it. Mm -hmm. But they need to see it and preferably use it. So so I just started a new streaming channel on That's YouTube. Good. So nice. uh, I got 24 hours. I got 24 hours, boys. And then, uh, Well, what you need to do is put street. out a tweet and I'll retweet it. And we'll get you 100 signups so you can get a custom uh, URL. Lock your custom URL yes, in. Yes. Because I don't want to, I want there to be two YouTube channels, one for my like the clips one, so I can just make sure on a different email address with a different, like, different sign yeah. up info, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So, uh, because when Google fucks one of your addies, they fuck it for all services. All okay. of them. Yeah, I'll just have this one for just a throwaway account. All right. Well, guys, it's been fun. Any other questions? No, no, it was great. It was, yeah, it was great. I went, so like I talked a lot of like inside baseball here with you guys. Um, <laughs> I should stream to the 40k plus fucking followers I have on my main channel. Uh, I guess since I'm already dressed up and shit, <laughs> you should. Well, so I can go to sleep really listening to Rich Hart. Yeah, go do another four <laughs> hours on top of the four hours here. Yeah. <laughs> Not it was good talking to you guys. All everybody who is an influencer, start a fucking YouTube channel. Let them ban it. Start another one. Let them ban it. It's fine. Just keep doing it because that's where the fish are. You need to have that presence there. You can't just not make new accounts and just be on DLive. Do they work. ever IP ban you? Can they IP ban you? Do you think, that, think, do that. Do you think that the algorithm is finding inside the description crypto referrals and that's the ban? Or do you think that's the conversation and the topic or the Description. I have no idea. I really there. have no idea. Because I've been trying to no put idea. the background, like, you know, just the graphic where they see the background instead of just putting it in the description link. So I thought yeah. the algorithm might be fine. I out. have no fucking idea. Nobody else does either. I was in a channel full of influencers. People were getting banned left and right. No one could figure it out. So, I was, of course, banned from that channel. <laughs> You're allowed to talk about any other coin in the world except the one you made. So you can talk about any coin you want except the one you made. Just fuck you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Richard, yeah. you should start a TikTok channel, bro. Dancing <laughs> 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 Richard. Yeah, bro, yeah, Richard. Yeah, He's already got the clip. Move, bro. Yeah. The hex torque. <laughs> oh, shit. The toilet yeah, paper roll test. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do live streams in like white shorts that are like wet. So white shorts. <laughs> Welcome to the live stream. Yeah, an ASMR Please. channel. The toilet paper roll challenge. Thanks for so coming guys, to hang with us. It was awesome. Man. My pleasure. We got Outbound a message names for the giveaway. And yep, then yep. Uh, I'm going to pick six the tracking, And then we're going to go head over to uh, Richard's channel.
Yep. I'll, uh, I'll host it over there. We'll, we'll, as soon as we get our, uh, our stuff taken care of here and get some names picked for our million hex giveaway. Um, I'll see you later, we'll, guys. We'll get over Thank there. Later. Later. Thank hex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, you, you heard it. We finally got RH on the uh, F and hangout. That was awesome.